You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You are now entering Magnified Studios. Welcome. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents It's Hard to Find a Podcast. Covering your favorite indie bands from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Put your tape decks on record. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. And I can't promise that I'm not going to cry at some point this episode. Same. This is not a guarantee. This is your this is your warning. Yeah. If you don't want to hear a couple of grown men crying, uh, too bad because we're both highly sensitive dudes and very emotional. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been a pretty sad boy season to date so far, just with the content we're covering and how we relate to the material. But um, right. in addition to that, and a highly emotional album that I like have pages <laughs> of notes on that we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, uh, we just lived through another, I don't know. I, I can't even, it's tragedy, difficult for me. Tragedy yeah. doesn't even feel doesn't appropriate. No, I just, I struggled to articulate even how uh, grim and uh, hopeless I've felt so far this week. So yeah, probably any number of things could set us off in an emotional way. Yeah. Um, but we do have some liquid courage to help this week. <laughs> we'll expound upon some of our feelings in a little bit, but we need to, before we get there, we need to wet the old whistle. That's right. Now, we've tasted plenty of alcoholic drinks on the pod. We sure have. We've had a lot of water wars. We sure and have. And tasted some water. We've had spicy things. Yep. Uh, but this is a first. We've got <laughs> <Sure is. laughs> a flaming hot soda. Uh, I spotted Mountain Dew flaming hot at the store, Dew with a, a blast of heat and citrus. Yep. And I was like, you know, we've never talked about soda. There's no real reason to like do soda wars right now. But hey, flaming hot drink exists. We got to try it. So yeah, we each have one. Yes. Yeah, so it's when when you sent this to me, I was like. Like, is this like in partnership with Cheetos? Is this like a cheese? Mm, is <laughs> flaming hot like copyrighted? I don't know, but it 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 feels like it should be. It looks like it. There's but, no Chester Cheetah, but there's a little spicy flamey man. He looks like the base troubleshooter guy, kind of. He he does. Yes, he's holding a match. Like, what is a flame holding a match that's on fire? It, it reminds me of like when you drive by a dentist office and their mascot is a tooth with a mouth. <laughs> just uh-huh. like, wait a second. Are just you saying that layers, teeth man. have teeth? That's a, that's a, that's too terrifying for me <laughs> to even a, think about. That's a tooth too far. <laughs> that's a nightmare. Mm. So when, when you sent this to me, I was like, all right, I, I will go pick one of these up. Um, but John, I got to be honest. I need to make a confession. I'm, Did you chase them already? No, I haven't. But I am a little afraid that I'm going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's here's where I confess. Yeah, that in our uh, uh, cafeteria in college, uh, lovingly referred to as ARA when we were right. there, um, 
I would fill up on code red like every day, sure. <laughs> which is like a pretty gross thing to think about in retrospect. Right. Um, I haven't had any sort of like, uh, I feel like my soda intake is very slim. Maybe at the movies, I'll get a cherry Coke. I'll sure. mess with that like Coke freestyle machine. But my Mountain Dew intake over the last, you know, 20 to 30 years, very small. But um, I can't remember the last time I had a Mountain Dew. That Code Red really hit the spot back in college. But I don't even know that, what oh, I don't even know what Code Red tastes like. Is it? I knew. I mean, is it cherry? Is it like a cherry Mountain of, Dew? But it's like extreme cherry <laughs> for all your um, gamer needs. Yeah, kind of. Um, so maybe it'll awaken something in me and all we'll be we'll be do heads this will be our thing now <laughs> we'll want to do the do well we'll be a couple hotheads that's right um we... yeah i think we should yeah crack Let, cracker yeah, open before we before we taste it i think we need to do we'll you know crack them open then we'll do a little sniff there we go mm. uh smells like code red maybe you know a what little it smells like you know what it smells like cherry starburst Ooh, well, get it, get a deep, get a deep, <laughs> get deep in there. It, yeah, I could see that. It's, hey, uh, is, this, is this flaming hot a pink, a pink boy or a red rider? We'll find I out. I don't know. Let's, let's do the do, bro. Down the hatch. Not very spicy. <laughs> do you feel any spice? There's like the tiniest hint mm. of spice. That's a disappointment. <laughs> I was really hyping this up. <laughs> I don't think I need to be worried about loving yeah. it. I think it just tastes like code red. It's it also doesn't pack much of a carbonated punch. No, it's no Topo Chico. No, it's no Topo Chico. Topo Chico it, regular is like spicier than this. This is a yeah. disappointment. This is a disappointment. I'm a little bummed out. <sighs> Sorry, everybody. You know what this is? This is mainstream spicy. They it's when they want to call something spicy and they're like, we need to find that that sweet spot of yeah. what a majority of people would consider spicy right. and what would be spicy enough for people who like spice. Yeah, this doesn't do it for me. Um, so I'm going to give this um, one lime wedge out of five. <laughs> yeah. In, uh, in, in the Doughboys podcast parlance, I think this is a stank, not a drink. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it tastes yeah. fine. It's fine. Um, but it doesn't. If I'm looking for a spicy drink, this isn't doing it. I suppose there's a little bit of aftertaste. I can feel it in my throat a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Of a spiciness. But you know those uh, sweet heat Starburst packed more of a... Oh, much more. Much more of a heat than this did. Those were like surprisingly nice yeah. and spicy. Oh, man. that The pineapple one? Was, oh, man. We got to get man, those on eBay gotta, or whatever. <laughs> got to get those back. Starburst, got to bring those back. Um, but so, John, while I was... um slumming it at the gas station picking up the flaming hot mountain too <laughs> i felt the need to pick up another gas station snack there were a couple gas station snacks that i was had my eye on one of which was david sunflower seeds okay which were the jam yeah back in my elementary school days especially at you when you you play baseball and you felt like you you were so cool sitting there with your bag of sunflower seeds and get you and like it was it gave you permission to spit on the yeah, ground spit it right out yeah. spitting around to see how far you could spit it you know it was great and they were salty and you mm -hmm. it was like occupying yourself and yeah and 
while you're waiting for your turn to bat. And it was great. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to get a whole bag of sunflower seeds, but something I did grab because I hadn't had them in a while. Oh, corn nuts. Corn nuts, man. It's been a while. It has been a while. I, this was another nineties snack for me. And for the record, I'm not going to eat these into the mic on the pod all episode. (laughs) I just wanted to partake in these while we, you know, while we were <laughs> talking about some throwback drinks, but were you, you a should, corn nuts uh, fan? No, corn nuts never really been my jam. I mean, I don't uh, find them objectionable. They just weren't in the wheelhouse. Um, They're salty and crunchy. It's like it, what? Yeah. What else do you want? I do like salty and crunchy, and it probably would pair nicely with this uh, Mountain Dew we got here. Oh, um, <laughs> it's taking you I'm- back. I'm I'm trying to lean away from the mic since they're so crunchy. No, lean in. We we should do an all crunch Patreon episode just for the freaks out there. <laughs> there you go. Just do like exclusive crunch, crunch sesh at bonus episode. <laughs> when I bought these, it reminded me of. <laughs> you're still drinking the Mountain Dew though. <laughs> I mean, it's not. I'm not gonna not drink it. <laughs> it's good enough. Fair, yeah, it's it's fine. I, I don't. Put yeah, some hot sauce in it maybe that might do the trick. Ooh, put a little cayenne. There you go. I after I got these, it reminded me of this corn nuts jingle from back in the day. Okay. I don't know if you're you're familiar with this, but I felt like I needed to play this. Gotta hear it. This is a song about corn nuts, an intensely crunchy snack. It's not about anything else. Go to your room and lock the door. Cause when you try it once, you wanna try it some more. Size doesn't matter, and that's a fact. It might be small, but it's a big impact. Bust a nut, bust a nut. <laughs> Grab a bag of corn nuts and bust a nut. They're lightly toasted and hard as hell. Enjoy yourself, we won't tell. Everybody does it, they like it a lot. You can do it in school, just don't get caught. It takes a few minutes if you don't delay. Take your time, it could last all day. Bust a nut, bust a nut. Grab a bag of corn nuts and bust a nut. It's very catchy. Corn nuts, an intensely crunchy corn snack, comes in seven nut-busting flavors. <laughs> what, what is this from? It's like a radio jingle. Okay, amazing. <laughs> I, um, I don't know if it like how long it was on the radio or who approved this, but uh, it has found new life in the internet. So amazing. Uh, grab a bag of corn nuts. Bust, bust a nut. nut. Yeah, it's neither a corn nor a nut. I don't know if you remember that Seinfeld observation. Um, um, it, but it is corn. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of and kind of a nut. I, I mean, know. it's it's uh, isn't it isn't it like hominy? Isn't that essentially what it is? Yeah, it's hominy. That's the ticket. <laughs> hominy, Shane. <laughs> it's hominy. I can feel a little a little flaming hot in my throat. <laughs> Talking about busting nuts, feeling flaming hot in our throats, um, which I guess is nice. I'm just disappointed. I'm still sorry. I'm still fixated. I know you're on a corn nuts journey, and I appreciate that. No, it's it's fine. It's fine. I I'm, love this journey for you. I've, um, it's going to be hard for me to not uh, <laughs> crunch it, man. Crunch it. It's uh, no, it's it's going to you. It'll make editing a nightmare. <laughs> if yeah, I'm like true. have to edit out all of my corn nut crunching. <laughs> but flaming hot Cheetos. You know, they're not overpoweringly spicy, but they have enough spice. 
And if you're going to claim the name Flamin' Hot, I would hope for at least a, a comparable experience to the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. And then also it says caution on it. It's like, yeah, this, don't, is, this is some bullshit. Man, this is bullshit. Yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm subtracting half of a, a half of a lime. So it's I give it half of a lime, uh, half yeah. of a lime wedge out of five. I guess I'll do one one lime wedge because I kind of I do kind of like the little spicy tingle there afterward. But um, we all like a spicy tingle, but we do. This is not it's it's not tingly enough for me. No, tingle factor regrettably low. Yeah, um, but enjoy your corn nuts. I was thinking about Big League Chew when you were ooh, talking about being fa- favorite throwback snacks. Yeah, playing baseball as a kid in the nineties. Yeah. Um, might need to do a big league shoot. We got to bring some candy back on the pod. We got to no. That's what we'll do. We'll do. We'll do a mm. session where you do like some favorite throwback snacks. We'll see if we can get some. Go on eBay. See if we can find some like throwback <laughs> Ex- snacks. Gently expired <laughs> from from three decades ago. <laughs> sure. Some like brick uh, hard gum. <laughs> like uh, baseball card gum. Yeah, yeah. Like chewing gum. <laughs> some top, were... some tops, uh, tops baseball cards with rock mm-hmm. hard gum in them. Yeah, which they were, were already rock already hard rock hard. Years ago, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, um, well, I'm yeah, you don't hard. want you don't want loose. <laughs> you don't want loose gum into uh, like rolling around in your cardboard cards. Anyway, what were you gonna say no, about being rock good. hard? Oh, I'm rock hard to talk about today's album. Um, Ooh, same. I'm excited about uh, some voicemails we got here to listen to. Some emails mm-hmm. came in, but in the meantime, tell us your favorite throwback snack. Yes. Maybe we'll consider chowing down on the pod. Um, I think we're going to do an all black licorice episode. If that's what I've been hearing the streets. This is our say. last episode of magnified <laughs> pod. We should have one episode where we have things that we love and we'll both enjoy. And then one episode where we know the other one will hate. Sure. Um, I don't know. What well, you would... you already know I hate black licorice. I know, I know. So it's so unfair. Like, what do you? What do you? What would be something you would hate? We're, we'll have to. We'll have to take this off pod and see. Yeah, you have to think about it. Oh, maybe candy corn. Maybe candy corn. But you don't love candy corn. You just accept it. I. It's it's one of those things where if it's at a party, at a holiday, you know, Halloween right. thing, you'll eat it. I'll, I'll I'll throw back a few. But am I not? Am I going to go out and buy it? No, I've never purchased a bag of candy corn in my life. But now, flaming hot candy corn? No, we're talking. Is that a thing? I don't know. It should be. I'm going to investigate all the spicy things we haven't tried yet. Deal. That sounds good. Well, right. before we before we do that, I need to I need a palate cleanser. I do have good myself call. a hams here. The special throwback hams. Ooh. The can that they they released something called the throwback pack to just after your tattoo honoring the old logo honoring the old or logo. sort of a, a mix of logos as it were yeah yeah and I'm not saying I'm entirely <laughs> responsible for it but I'm not not saying that somebody saw that arm inked up looking nice and they were like I think it's time boys well Hams did reach out to me on Instagram and said they liked it and they wanted to share it on social media at some point. All right. They haven't. Can we give, can you, can we have a few cases, please? (laughs) You should share all our ham songs with them. Maybe that's why they haven't shared it yet because they're like, Oh no, this is, this is, this is the, these are those hams guys. This is a pants out ham, pants down hams out. You should should legit share that link though. And just be like, if you think that's exciting, (laughs) I've got the summer anthem. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, my my song where I start off with um, you know who fucking run it. <laughs> <laughs> One of your best moments in life, I gotta say. St. Paul Teddy <laughs> Ham. Anyway, um, uh, classic. So, yes, we are very excited to talk about Davy B. Christian Branches, his debut, uh, full length. Yes. Solo. Yes. LP. We got to hit all of those because that's right. I don't want anybody out there to be like <laughs> nitpicking because I know there was a, a there was an EP before, right? That was like <laughs> ten songs, but you know whatever. I digress. We'll get there. Right. It was five, five of the regular version and then five acoustic versions. Right. In right. his defense, but yeah, in his defense, uh, <laughs> but still longer than some of his other actual albums. Yeah, well, we got. 10 songs, no acoustic versions today. So, no, no, get ready, get your box tissues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, that sounded suggestive somehow. I'm to, to bust a nut, <laughs> <laughs> grab box tissues and bust a nut. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, should we, should we get to some voicemails away? I think so. Do we have a voicemail line? We do, we have a voicemail line 872-762-4763-8727 Magpod. Got our boy Brian from California. Yeah, hi, this is uh, uh, Brian from California. One of the many Brian. <laughs> I'm an old school Brian, hopefully, though. Right, I've been there since the very beginning. Anyway, uh, I was a little behind. I'm just catching up on your um, Age of the Lion stuff. Alive, I love Devon and Pedro the Lion. Um, we got a new Danny Stairs contender over here for, uh, you know, calling in. You know, under like a, an overpass or like standing in the middle of a freeway or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we we got we got Danny Stairs who's calling up from under the stairs. We got uh, uh, the Rudy Librarian Brian who likes to call from inside his his <laughs> Cessna. <Muffler. laughs> yeah. Brian from California. But I think his name is Jason. Uh, that called in with kind of a I don't know. Ended critique of your um, case of whole and whole EP, which I absolutely love and have a similar. I think it is, you know, came out in '97, I believe, and by that point I was well into buying everything through the mail. And I mean, I found it to be fucking cool and super rad, and I still love it. Like it's a, uh, it's a very nostalgic album for me. I mean, guys, they're problematic, uh, but the screen was on. I love. Sure. Buzz on. Um, Anyway, it's great. Also, um, I don't know. I'm I'm only on episode two right now of the new season, but um, so you might have already talked about it. But um, I went to take my my youngest son to the MSPS show um, in Anaheim, which was really really freaking cool. Yuri was really cool with my son and and Doctor. He was like all of the guys. I thought back up kind of uh, the women from that band took my son. And treat him like a king. And he was just such a great friend. He loved the head and got to meet this singer from Mercy Music. All right. So, what I'm hearing is uh, you, you at the end here is that you took your son to go to see the show. That's yes, kind of the MXPX show. Okay. At Zebrahead. Oh, the Zebrahead show. Yeah. Uh, his son got to meet some of the band members, maybe Mike, Sound Dope. Lake, Dope. Starstruck. Yes. Brian calling in with a defense of the whole EP. Sure. Um, Which is fair. I mean, if you're an old school Pedro fan, I can understand that, which which is why people don't understand our 
love and appreciation of teenage politics by mxpx right, because right. they're like this album uh <laughs> sounds like shit it's <laughs> not their best songwriting and and we're like but it's the best so but it is objectively the best i appreciate your love for the whole ep brian and i love, appreciate your <laughs> appreciate your love of whole um <laughs> You know, whole fixing man, maybe not not for us, but I can understand again. Yeah. Teenage politics, guys. Yeah, yeah. We get it. Yes. Um, and I'm glad you had a good time at the show with your son. That rules. We got our girl, my neighbor, Ooh. my best friend. Hey. Hey, friends. It's Mickey. Um, I don't have any hot cakes or necessarily any pod-related uh content that I'm saying here, I just wanted to reach out and say that things have been exceptionally heavy lately, and um, I was just finishing up this last week's episode, and it made me want to reach out to you guys and just kind of more personally say how much I appreciate everything you do, and, um, you know, it would be so easy to take breaks because of everything that's going on. Like, you know, it's kind of horrible to be living in the United States right now. (laughs) It's probably Mm -hmm. not great to live anywhere right now, but uh, it just feels especially heavy here lately, Um, and, you know, it's would be so understandable if you guys had to take breaks but you keep coming back and you keep putting out stuff that brings a lot of people joy and I think that's really awesome and I appreciate it a lot and I am sending both of you so much love as we all kind Mm -hmm. of navigate through these uh exceptionally heavy times and um I just wanted to say thanks for everything you do and just again I really appreciate it all and I think that you both are really incredible humans and I appreciate that you try to tackle a lot of these things and talk about it and you know do something about it and and it's really great that you're using your platform in that way um so thank you for everything love you guys Magpod for life. And as an aside, I don't actually really anticipate you guys using this in the episode. I just wanted to kind of reach out in a more kind of personal and meaningful way. You're, of course, more than welcome to if you want to, but it was just a way for me to say thanks and here are my feelings. And I love you guys. Okay, bye. We Mickey. love you, Mickey. Mickey, you're the best. I love you. Um, I mean, there are times where, yeah, I want to just not do anything. Yeah, and I mean, there are times where in the past I've told John I don't have the emotional energy to fake it for an episode. Um, it was it's been hard these last couple episodes to try and do mm-hmm. it. And I, and I've done my best. Um, but I think the most important thing that we need to remember is 
because things are so heavy and things are feel just on the verge of something terrible happening at all times that we need to find ways to take care of ourselves yeah and the people in our lives and checking in on people yeah i sent some texts and i've communicated with um caleb and meg and Mm -hmm. brian all people uh teachers working in schools this week um just making sure just checking in on on these people because not only are they um literally putting themselves in danger these days because of course it it just seems absurd that like now you would think of being a teacher as a dangerous job right but uh but simultaneously there as something that brian uh, the rudy rudy librarian brian camber said to me in apollo is that like on one side they're teachers are heralded as heroes for like throwing themselves in front of students, but they're also like socialists because they're trying to indoctrinate kids with whatever and they're burning books and teachers are terrible. It's like, I don't know how you handle that kind of pressure to like, you're you're taking care of people's kids. And in some, some cases like sacrificing yourself for kids, but some people just, truly don't understand what it means to be a teacher and how much love you have to have for the job and for the students to do it. Right. I, I told Caleb before, it takes a really special person to want to be a teacher. Yeah. And especially now, are you fucking kidding me? Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I have so much respect for teachers and I just can't imagine getting up out of bed going to school as a teacher, let alone dropping a kid off at school this week. Right. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I did that. And um, I have always valued and appreciated teachers, but never more than in the last few years where um, they adapted and taught my kid over Zoom and then risked their health to come back to teach in person and now risk their lives to teach little kids um, because of the country that we live in. Um, We'll get more into that in our upcoming segment here. Um, But thank you, Mickey, for sharing that. We really appreciate that. We appreciate every time that you share anything with us. So thank you for that. All right. We got our boy, Bobby G, Robert Gay, with a voicemail that we're going to listen to part of. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll listen to the rest of it on our own time, but he has some Phoenix thoughts. Phoenix, 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 good stuff. Phoenix, Phoenix, and gives you more than enough. Did you on and talk about Phoenix, 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 good stuff. Phoenix, Phoenix is more than long enough. It could have been shorter. Hey guys. Hey Andrew. Hey John. Um, it's your boy Bobby G back again with a, a little snippet of a, a parody for you. Glad to know you're enjoying it. Um, I really 
I, I think I have a similar journey as you guys do with the, the Pedro 2.0 material. Um, Phoenix and Havasu grow on me the more that I deal with them. <clears throat> I feel like um, it's really, really interesting, and the more that I unpack it, it feels like spending time with a real person, which makes sense because yeah. it's the soundtracks of uh, David kind of getting back in touch with himself and feeling his feelings, processing who he is all over again. Uh, and I am finding a richness in these songs, uh, even if they didn't all hype me up the way that uh, some past material of, of David's did. At first, I kind of felt like, um, sometimes I still feel this way, uh, that there's like too many sleepy songs on the record. Uh, it's kind of like there are several songs on the album, on, on Phoenix especially, that feel like album closers. Um, kind of like slow motion car crash from uh, the headphones record and it's like ah we're, we're I'm being tucked in and that keeps happening throughout <laughs> the record and then the record keeps going so I feel like maybe a, a different track order could have helped the pacing of the record and make it feel a little bit more engaging but <clears throat> there are so many songs that I really really love on this record and I keep finding more that I like about it I'd say my top three would be Phoenix, or excuse me, Yellow Bike, um, then Clean Up is probably my number two, hmm. and I think Powerful Taboo yes. would be number three, yes. but Quiet as Friend and My Phoenix are really yeah. strong competitors for that position in my book as well. So this is what I'm going to say. So I wholeheartedly agree. So when... I got COVID. This was before we, I think, started in earnest covering Pedro 2.0. And that was also that that night I was supposed to go see him. And I was thinking about this today. I wish I could go see him now yeah. after really diving into Phoenix and Havasu and now Curse Your Branches. Right. I really, really feel like and also processing these albums in therapy. <laughs> yeah, um, right. I feel like I really have a sense of who Dave is now. Mm -hmm. And, and I really think I would appreciate these records. Yeah. A lot more. And I, and I had that sense then like a few weeks ago, I had mm -hmm. a sense that that would be the case. And, but I already feel that, now that I have this attachment and appreciation to these records that I wasn't sure I was going to have in the way that like I connected with winners and control mm -hmm. right, and, right. and Achilles heel. Yeah. So those, I mean, those records I'm like, I, but these, there's just something, this is these, this is like subdermal. This is like in mm. my, this is like under my skin yeah. this is like yes. there's just something different like the other ones feel like intellectually get this but these right. albums are like heart things that are hitting yeah. so different yeah. because the other ones i think are really i'm like oh I, let me just dissect these intellectually because they're right. stories and they're metaphors and they're yep. um as he did confirm to you that it is uh they are metaphors um, <laughs> but these these are these these hit different and and i think that that's probably why i needed more time with them yeah because agreed. you don't 
this is not like an album you throw on and then just immediately go, Oh, cool. Hell yeah. It, you right. just, there's, there's, there's depth to it. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm finding myself growing more connected to Pedro 2.0, which is surprising yeah. to me. Fully agree. As we said, I've had years and years to process and mull over the old Pedro stuff. Um, and much less time to mull over the new stuff. But as it sits with me, it really has been really, really meaningful to me as yeah. well. Um, <clears throat> I like what you pointed out about the, um, <laughs> the musical reference. There's a lot of musical and lyrical references to past David Bazan material on this album. One of my favorites is the, uh, the bit in cleanup that sounds like, and nature advances from cold beer and cigarettes. So right. I'm glad that you guys talked about that. Um, on my Phoenix, I think it's really interesting to me, like there's this metaphor of David dealing with his past and, and with his faith. It's like, is this gonna rise again? What what shape is this gonna take if and when it reemerges? And maybe it's kind of happening all the time. There's something really powerful about a guy who's, you know, uh, let go of his faith and, and, and considers you know, a lot of that mentality, his enemy, to still call it, in a way, his phoenix. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a, a great point, because this is something, too, that I've thought about for myself for a number of years that, I mean, obviously, we've been doing this podcast now for almost coming up on four years, mm-hmm. and we're talking about a particular scene that we grew up in. We're talking about the church, but we're also talking about Christian culture. That was part of the scene Mm -hmm. as well. And, and if I truly, truly despised it and hated everything about it, there's, I wouldn't want to talk about it, but there's still something about it that I find nostalgic and that i appreciate and i value that that period of time even though we both talk about some of the stuff that's problematic quite a bit and there's also the idea that i've thought about a lot is this idea of being culturally christian in the Mm -hmm. ways that people you know are refer to themselves as lapsed catholics or Mm -hmm. maybe more they like still think of themselves as catholic or they're or people who are jews but you know they're culturally or maybe secular jews but maybe not super religious and like why why is christianity so different and i think it's because we have or evangelical christianity i should say and i think it's because it has been viewed in in such rigid black and white terms it's like right. an all or nothing you're in or out you're you're part of the team you're red or yellow or red and orange whatever right, you know, you're, right. whatever whatever team you're on you have to be you have to choose which team you're on and you either choose the team or you're not part of the team mm-hmm. and and but like i grew up learning all these songs and all these terms and having all these experiences and having all this knowledge and what am i supposed to do with that and like I can still have conversations with people and because I, I, we speak a similar language. We, we have similar experiences and 
that's not something I just want to get rid of because, right. Because I've rejected the, the dogma and the supernatural elements, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're saying you've repented, but you're still tempted <laughs> to engage with the culture. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, no, yeah. it's, uh, that's our whole, that's our whole deal here. And I appreciate you diving in week after week for years, even though there's, uh, trauma and pain, uh, associated with it. Um, that's what Doug's for. That's right. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> Doug, Doug is, uh, he's the, our secondary producer on the podcast. <laughs> Shadow therapist. Shadow Doug. therapist, Doug. Not not Doug funny, although he is helpful and significant to this pod, but uh, Doug, your therapist. That is true. Yep. Um, well, thanks, Bobby G. We'll have to listen to the remaining uh, four and a half minutes of that. Um, but we do appreciate uh, your thoughtful thoughts, as always, and all of your song parodies. Please keep them coming. Yes. Well, thanks, everybody, for yes. your, your voicemails. Your thoughtful thoughts as always you know john we have uh some thoughtful thoughts that we started diving into a little bit post mickey's voicemail mm-hmm. as i started to talk about after that is the importance of taking care of ourselves and those in our lives that we care about so i want to know um how you're doing um, because I can't begin to understand the feeling as a parent yeah. to let your kid go off to school because you, it's supposed to be the place that you would assume they would be safe during the day. They're right. just learning and they're, you know, you know, uh, doing worksheets and having lunch with their friends or playing on the playground. And that's what's supposed to be happening. And yeah. I just want to know how you and Jenny and the boys are doing. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, not well is the answer. Yeah. Um, the obsession with guns in this country to the degree that we cannot seem to do anything about um, the horrors that they cause here daily has been something that has been extremely painful for me for many years. Um I shared on social this week a song that I wrote in high school when mm-hmm. a friend of a friend was shot and killed. And I said, you know, we've, we've played that song on the pod before. The chorus is eliminate the problem and you've got the solution, which I knew as a 17 year old was a simple idea. But in the 22 years since then, my thoughts haven't changed. I, we know what causes the problem and we are unwilling to remove the problem. And we've had to live in those 20 years as the years have gone on with more and more um, of our children uh, being the sacrifices that we have to endure in order to continue to let guns rule everything above anything else in this country. So that heartbreak is something I've grappled with for a really long time. Uh, My kids are five and seven uh, my younger kid just finished preschool today. He'll be going to the same elementary school as my older kid this fall. So both of them will be there soon. And as they've gotten older, um, that horror is just even more stark and personal. And um, 
I don't even know how to really respond, know how to respond um, to what happened this week uh, in Texas and in Buffalo before that and a million other places before that and a million places that will come after this. Um, I, yeah, it's just, I don't even know what to say. I, we, we didn't know how to talk to, you know, my older kid seven. We didn't really know how much or what to talk about with him. I feel like he's right on the cusp. Um, if he was a few years older, I feel like he would have maybe either known about it already, or we would have been more willing to sort of get into specifics. But after going back and forth for a while, we decided not to talk with him about it that night or that morning before school. But after dealing with the heartbreak of, of talking through that all night and crying and raging, we dropped him off in the morning. And not long after dropping him off, we got a text message that said, there's been an incident at school um, and like, look for an email. So as we're waiting to see what this email is going to be, we're terrified. And the email says that there was a weapon spotted at school. So they went into a soft lockdown and determined that it was a Nerf gun. So after school, we assumed that he would have talked through that with a teacher or somebody that he would have been aware that that was happening. But when we sort of said, you know, did anything happen today? Like, do you want to talk about anything? He didn't really bring it up, but we were like, you know, before he really hears about it from anybody else, maybe we give some like vague details. And so we kind of explained a little bit of what happened and some of the specifics of somebody coming in and there being guns and kids getting hurt. Um, and he asked a few questions and at the end he said, I, I wish you wouldn't have told me. And yeah. so that's another sort of, we were debating whether to do it at all. How do you grapple with this? Little yeah. kids shouldn't have to. And yeah, they're bearing so much of our failures as a country. And I saw some statistic recently that was like people deciding to have kids plummeted in the last few years naming specifically that they didn't want to raise kids in a world like this and i think it was like elliot was born in 2014 milo was born the week that trump was elected right we were in that like last sort of vestige of sort of normal society for those couple of years and now it really i mean it already gave me pause at the time when we talked about having kids and all that stuff but like how dark things have gotten in the seven years of elliot's life like I would have pause too now making that decision and just thinking about everything that they're having to deal with, with the world that they're inheriting. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to tell him. I, we, we try to tell him that he, that people around him are doing their best to keep him safe. Um, but the sad thing about this country is it's not limited to school. You know, he can go to the grocery store and have that be a place where he needs to be safe or the movies or anywhere. And the reality of that, of him accepting that is a really hard thing to make peace with. Um, and not just for our kid, obviously that's our sort of window into the issue, but for all kids and for all humans, anybody's kids and anybody period matters more than anybody's freedom to own a gun and I feel like if we can't understand that as a country, then we are a country that is sick and is evil and trying to make peace with that uh, is I'm not make peace with it, but just how do you keep living life? You know, how do you like 
show up for my job and go to meetings and I'm like, I, I can't really talk about um, our work plan right now. Um, I guess that's to say, I don't have any hope that anything's going to change. Um, I hope that doesn't mean that we shouldn't stop fighting for it too, but you know, we, we give monthly to every town for gun safety. I think it's a great organization. We started giving this week to moms demand action. What can you do when you're held hostage, uh, in a country by a party and a lot of people who refuse to change? It's, uh, it's tough. I don't know. How are you doing? <laughs> well, first off, I've been tears have been falling out of my goddamn face. Yep. Uh, this week, as I texted you yesterday, trying to make light of uh, of my emotional state, but you know, I'm yep. always I'm usually in an emotional state. But um, I would think one of the least controversial statements one could make is that your seven year old is more important than a gun. Right. But. I guess to some people that is actually a very controversial statement that is worth being upset right. about. Um, and I just can't, you know, wrap my head around this weeks after people are railing about abortion and mm -hmm. being pro-life and it's like, wait, so you want to fight to make sure women are forced to have babies, but make, sure that if they get sent to school they get shot in the face right. like i don't i can't wrap my head around that logic yeah because this just proves the point that no one actually cares about any babies being born right it doesn't matter no because it's like that that pastor who talked about how the unborn are the easiest group to advocate for mm -hmm. because it's the least messy right thing to advocate for i mean other other than the 50 people that are holding up legislation to expand background checks that 90% yeah. of the 300 million people in this country support those 50 people are holding it up because the gun lobby is more important than 90% of Americans evidently. Right. And it's more important for Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz and Marjorie Taylor green to get support from the gun lobby and from the NRA than it is to make sure your kids don't get shot when they go to school. The pro-police bullshit just never fucking ends with these hacks that, that what they need to do is they need to arm teachers. They need, they need, uh, they need to have man traps and trip wires and they need to have, uh, armed guards and only one door, Ted Cruz says. There only needs to be one door into the school. Yeah, door and, control. Um, and it's like, well, wait a second. There were police there that did absolutely nothing except right. uh, keep parents right. from going in to help because the police did dick. So and the armed guard that was at the school did not prevent the kid from coming in. Nope. Everything that the Republicans are talking about as being the thing to do, having armed guards, having, having the police there, there's still 18 kids murdered. Right. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. They know, and they know it's bullshit. Right. But these, these, these are the most loathsome people I can imagine. I'm not somebody who wants to have children for any number of reasons 
but I love your kids, John. Yeah. And I love other people's kids because they're worthy of love and they're, they deserve to be safe. And they just want to like, like looking at the pictures of the kids that died, there was this one picture that stuck out to me the most. I mean, other than seeing the, the girl who like was holding up some certificate that she got at something Mm -hmm. that morning and the teacher who gave it to her ended up dying too. So it's like, but there's a picture of one of the kids in the in the in the the photos that had been used. Like he was wearing a shirt that said "Difference Maker" on it, mm. and yeah. like that, like that's like he's we're robbed of a kid who like, yeah, like his parents thought like this is a good kid. Maybe he's like thought I could do something good, and you know. But we need we need to have air fifteens, I guess. You know, that's, that's more important than a kid who wanted to have a, a chance at life. Yeah. Um, so it's all fucked up and I hate it so much and, um, officially, uh, fuck your guns and, um, and let it for the record, let it be known. Um, I've said this before on social media, I've said it to different family and friends, but I want this on the record that if I die in some sort of act of gun violence i encourage you to politicize the hell out of it yeah because that's the only thing that's ever going to change anything is to have some sort of action done right and the 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 fake outrage that they're like stop politicizing it you know what you piece of fucking shit this is all politics yeah you got Greg Abbott sitting up on stage. He's a governor. He's a politician. What do you want? Of course, this is something that needs to be politicized because it's the only way that difference a difference can happen. It's the only way a change can be made is through the systems that we've created. The like, oh, this is all, you know, this is a mental health issue. It's like, okay, do you want to fund mental health support? You don't? Well, then shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Don't give a shit about children you don't give a shit about mental health you don't give a shit about any of this right just hug your gun and go to bed and shut the fuck up i don't know how to move forward as a country i mean i don't there's nothing i can do anymore i feel like we thought sandy hook had to be the end of this we thought um you know the parkland shootings had to be the end of this and it felt like there was momentum each time both times it went nowhere and um i would like to think that 20 little kids um again will do something but uh i don't know it's a real window into the twisted things that people in this country have been taught and continue to believe and this idea of it's a hard issue and um there are evil people and good people in the world and evil people are going to do evil things. Like that's just a glimpse into a, the kind of um, black and white thinking that curse your branches gets into a little bit where a person reaches a certain point in their life. If you've encountered that kind of thinking and you understand, well, the world doesn't work like that. There isn't black and white. There aren't good and bad people. If you have a gun is a good guy with a gun, isn't always going to solve things. And it's just like, I can't believe that we are unable to um, overcome those people in that kind of thinking after 
no gun laws, no major gun laws being passed in the 20 plus years since Columbine. It, it just, it's staggering. And I think yeah. people around the world are like, how can this be? Why don't you care? And we're like, we do care. <laughs> what else can you do? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 do I hope for something different in the years to come as, you know, these kids who are too little to be able to articulate, you know, please do politicize me. Um, yeah. As they're growing out older and a lot of those kids have become activists, survivors of shootings who've said, yes, like politicize this. I lived through it. Please politicize it. Right. Maybe we'll listen more. I don't know, but it's not a matter of waiting for the old people to die out because these are all young people, um, young men doing the shootings and, and continuing to hold up the shootings as, Oh, what can you do? You know, it's a hard issue. Um, I don't know. It's a country it's, that's it's too... sin. It's sin, John. That's the, right. it's, that's what it is. <laughs> it's a country that's too um, entrenched in, in violence and in oppression of people to think beyond that. And that reality is a sad one to continually encounter every time this happens. So we live in a selfish country is what it is. It's the same people that would think, why should somebody else have their student loans paid off? I paid for mine. So why should anybody else get something that I didn't get? It's like, and these are the same people that they won't care until their fucking kid is shot. Right. And it's too bad. And that's the, and it's, and it's an unfortunate reality that we live in a country that will drastically lacks any amount of empathy towards, um, you know, I like to think that people are mostly good and, and it's just this sort of thing that like makes me question the number of people that can still actively go out and vote for people like Mitch McConnell right, or Ted Cruz by the millions because of being pro-life until it comes to the issue of guns yeah. or war or the death penalty or poverty yeah. Or racism or policing or the criminal justice system yeah. or incarceration. It yeah. just doesn't make sense. And it's 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 truly discouraging until you think about some of the people that are going to be voting next year, which will be some of the Sandy Hook students who will be 18 right. next year. Yeah. You gotta hope that these younger generations are looking at us and being like. Are you fucking kidding me with these people right now? Yeah. Um, I hope. I hope. I don't know. I, I have to. Yeah. What else are we supposed to do? It's the same stuff that uh, Bazan talks about in a lot of yeah. his work is what do you do when evil um, policy and politicians and talking points and pastors are supported by people who are kind to you in your life <laughs> like our, our experience with them in day-to-day are that these are good people and yet they support such open hatred and uh, devaluing of life um how do you reconcile that i'll have seen i'll have things to say as we talk about the album this week in terms of defending the christian faith to some extent against the idea of it's all a lost cause and it's better to just do away with it entirely, but I don't blame anyone 
foreseeing the kind of actions you're describing almost entirely from people who claim to be Christians um, and deciding I'd rather do away with this whole thing entirely and not engage with it at all. Um, so I don't know. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I wish I had anything more articulate to say as with any thing, awful thing we've dealt with recently. Um, I try to take it day by day and I try to do the best I can with my family and those around yeah. me. And I try to give my money and time to things that I think might help. And you can't, you can't, I can't worry beyond that. Otherwise I can't, can't function, can't function. Um, I barely can these days. It's so right. hard. It's so right. hard to yeah. not slip into nihilism. Yeah. I just can't imagine the profound grief to just get up and move on with your life. I just yeah. can't imagine. No. So everybody remember to always, not only after tragedies, but every single day, tell the people that you love yeah. that you love them and that you care about them. Yeah. Not because you think you might lose them because it's the only thing that we can hope in is yeah. love like there what else is there i just don't right. know what else there is yeah yeah well i love you buddy and i love you our love you, man. willingness to talk about this um yeah so the downer episode this is this is a big downer board. episode um only half of it is our fault so <laughs> that's true i blame flaming hot a little bit for not living up to expectations too. i mean we could have started strong with the the flaming hot i mean <laughs> did have i did it did uh tick up a bit with the hams and the corn nuts but um but i will say this despite being a heavy album it fucking rules sure does and i just can't wait to get into it and also cry in the second half of this episode so when we come back we are going to talk dave bazan's debut full-length lp (laughs) curse your branches yes Hey, John. Hey. Have you heard of Small Step Records? You know, the name is familiar, but but tell me more. Well, Small Step Records is a faith-based DIY record label with Mm -hmm. bands that are melodic punk, pop punk, easy core, emo, and ska. And they have some new albums and new bands releasing records right now on all streaming services. You should check them out. Andrew, not only that... Ooh, they are Magpot's first official sponsor. Oh, really? Starburst's got nothing on these guys. All mm. right. These guys are the real deal. <laughs> uh, the tagline is love God, love others, listen to pop punk. You can go to smallstepperecords.com, check out the cool records and merch and bands they have, and we will be, through their generosity, offering some giveaways in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, on our socials of some of these small step bands records so keep your eyes peeled for that also john unlike some record labels which may have come up over the course of the podcast the artists on small step always keep 100 percent of the rights and ownership of their music yes so any money that goes to small step goes directly back into supporting the bands this is a label with integrity so you yeah. love to see it love to see it small step check them out smallsteprecords.com Hi. 
Hi, my name is Stephen Long, and I host a show here on Rock Candy called Sacred Tension. It's about the spiritual discipline of asking questions. If you find yourself uncomfortable in your faith, or if you find yourself caught between modern science and ancient religion, or if you're curious about the journeys of others who are sorting out faith and doubt, Sacred Tension is a place where nothing is off limits. You will find conversations with pastors, cult experts, spiritual leaders, and skeptics, all discussing the ways we navigate the faiths we were given. Find Sacred Tension right here on Rock Candy and wherever you listen to podcasts. We're back. Oh my god, man! I love this <laughs> album so much. It's so good. I feel, I feel like every episode, every every, every episode, time we start off with like, oh man, I love this album so much. We've had a stretch of truly like some of my favorite albums of all time uh, yeah. this season. So that's that's true. Um, but I feel daunted by today's, which I've also said about a couple of Pedro albums. But like, this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, no hyperbole and might be hot take maybe my favorite Bazan slash Pedro album overall wow I don't know when we when we do rank our Pedro records I don't think we're going to include Bazan in there so this wouldn't make the cut but if we were to include all of them I think this might be at the top so it's going to be yeah a lot today so strap in everybody buckle up yep this there, is uh there is yeah, there, no i mean this is a this is a new record for me as yeah. in uh as a lot of bazan and pedro records have been for me this season but mm-hmm. uh i have speculated what this album could have meant if to me or like how it maybe could have helped me yeah in a period of the few years following this record yeah. that when i was really struggling with some of these questions and and what i was believing i i wonder if this could have helped me at least give give some because this was pre so many i mean i i feel like maybe Derek webb was maybe kind of a contemporary at the time of doing mm-hmm. something similar or maybe a little bit after bazan um mm-hmm. but there really weren't a lot of post-christian artists putting out music so Right. As there are now. Yeah. I mean, we've said a lot. This has kind of become like the deconstruction <laughs> anthem record, but that was not terminology that was right. being used at the time or anything he was really trying to do. As we've said, he, it's not like he was like, I'm going to write my breakup record with God. That was like the term that started getting used in reference to what this album was. But he just decided to write what came out like kind of what we were talking about last week with the like what was it called like free free form writing or whatever oh automatic writing yeah where it's just kind of like he stopped trying to be like this is going to be a concept album about brothers and politics he's just like i'm just going to write what's in my head and it was all the stuff that was mainly about this is the first record where he truly parted ways with yeah. the church and with christian thinking and so all this stuff was in his head about okay, so if I don't believe this thing, what does it mean for me to believe anything? What do I believe? What is sort of um, 
the point of life then? And how do I engage with my family who do believe these things? And just, um, so some might say that he's bearing witness. Yes, indeed. Oh man. I have a lot to say about that song. (laughs) Um, and that's been a a repeated thing that we've talked about this season is his kind of way of using religious language to talk about leaving religion or deconverting or becoming a humanist or however you want to describe it. Um, and the idea of challenging something like the phrase bearing witness and being like, what does it actually mean to bear witness? And for me, yeah, it looks like this and it looks very different from what I was taught growing up bearing witness looked like. And I find that so powerful. Um, yeah, I mean, so this was released, uh, September 1st, 2009 on Barsook records. Um, it's, as you said, his first solo LP, um, Barsook was, is a Seattle based indie label home to bands like death cab and dismemberment plan long winters, all those bands associated with Pedro, um, as well as Rilo Kylie and lots of other bands. But, um, I got married like two weeks after that, um, after it came out. And I remember I got it in the mail on the same day that I got my wedding ring in the mail. Amazing. <laughs> I have the strong association with opening up Christy branches and my wedding ring and being like, <laughs> Oh, let's listen to this new Bazan album. Um, and you had no idea what it was going to be. Well, I knew a lot of the songs from shows, um, but I did not know what it would sound like. And it was jarring initially. Um, if all you had heard is the Pedro records and that one was on EP, this is a very different experience. Right. Um, and so a lot of the songs that I had been hearing were just on solo, sort of solo acoustic guitar on tours for a few years oh, before sure, this record. Sure. Um, so yeah, it was a little surprising initially to hear the production sound in their ultimate form that they took on the albums. Um, and a lot of the songs on this record are still sort of based in that acoustic foundation um, with just a lot of layers on top of that. Um, but I, it, as I sort of got used to it, uh, I mean, I think it sounds great. I think I knew that it sounded great. Um, but it's just that sort of, it has like a sheen and a level of production that she just hadn't had on any of his releases up to that point. Um, but boy, oh boy, us big texture boys, um, lots of texture on this record to get excited about. BTB's coming in hard on this record. Coming in hard. Uh, we, uh, I mean, there's just, there's so many layers, so much texture. It's just very lush, uh, instrumentation, bleeps and bloops production um and yeah the sort of i can tell he's had a a freedom in just being like what if i just stacked like everything on top of this it's almost that sort of like pet sounds ish uh beach boys approach to just like why not throw in like a hundred things here (laughs) when i haven't normally ever done that and have um you know this sort of like wall of sound style multi-part vocal harmonies and yeah and that once i sort of was like, oh, that's what this record is. It became like, I think some of his sort of most um, pop attuned songwriting is on this record. And I'm like, why aren't some of these songs like hit songs on the radio? I don't, I don't get it. These are like, um, some of these songs sounds like, sound like classics that have been around for a long time. Um, And I just, yeah, I I love everything about this record. I, any of the songs could be in my top three 
truly. Oh my god, um, it was hard. It was it was tough. It was hard. It was hard. It was real hard. Uh, <clears throat> this was a definitely a hard three. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, is in a difficult three. Difficult not a, three. Not a not a hard three, as in I knew my three. Right. Um, but yeah, it's 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 it was a, it was a challenge even for somebody who's pretty new to this record. Yeah. Yeah, I could uh, I could make an argument for any one of these, and I wasn't exactly sure how it would shake out. Um, and I think I feel okay about where I landed, but I'm pretty I'm pretty loosey goosey on a couple of these where I'm like, oh, those could slide in there very easily. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this was very well received uh, by critics. You know, Metacritic uh, describes it as universal acclaim when it reaches a certain you know number right. or whatever. Um, and it debuted at number one on Billboard's Heat Seekers chart and reached number 116 on the Billboard Top 200 overall. Pretty good. Um, and yeah, it's a. It was recorded in Bazan's basement studio, um, but then additional recording, mixing, mastering done by T.W. Walsh, who mm. we might remember from Achilles' Heel. It's kind of the main other dude in Pedro. Once he left, Pedro sort of dissolved. Um, but they found a way to continue to work together and T.W. Walsh had, had done and, and continues to do a lot of sort of production after um, being in Pedro and just, I remember hearing something like, wow, he's really sort of stepped up his, his production game. And uh, I just think it sounds great. Um, it's bizarre on most instruments here, uh, but Casey Faubert, who we've mentioned a couple of times on the pedal steel and boy, I feel like that steel guitar sound is just like such a central piece of this record um it sounds so good um percussion by james McAllister, who we've discussed and who bobby g called in about uh who had done percussion on a couple pedro records uh josh autumn on electric guitar and many of these tracks and then backing vocals from andy fitz uh blake westcott josh tillman from fleet foxes and john roderick from long winters um yeah, there are multiple songs where it's just like all these different harmonies all of a sudden it sounds so cool um but yeah i i i am daunted by this because there's so much there's multiple songs that i'm just gonna read all the lyrics to and we're just gonna have to deal with that um because <laughs> i didn't know how to like whittle it down to just some of them um so lots to get into uh a significant album for me and for many people and i yeah very eager to hear what you think about it all well, I think we should just dive right in at this point. Let's do it. All right. 10 song. I mean, this is this is a only a 10 song record. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- uh almost 39 minutes. The first song is over six minutes. So yeah. we're gonna have to do some jumping around yes. with this first song because it, it takes a minute for, for this this song to get where it's going so we'll listen to a little bit of hard to be and then we'll we'll need to jump ahead
All right, this buildup is just outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got a, a long intro and a got, long outro in this one. Yes, so we got to jump a little bit here. to be hard to be a decent human being wait just a minute you expect me that's so good this is so hard to not be in my top three Mm. (laughs) it's my number three okay (laughs) but i really waffled (laughs) i i waffled too yeah um it's probably it could be my number three, but I, I it's probably my number four. Uh, yeah. But yeah, why don't you why don't you go? Well, I think it's a perfect sort of encapsulation of the whole record, and I love that it opens in this long weird way. Yes, and then closes in this long weird way. It really just lets you sort of settle into this lushness of this record and be like, oh, we're doing something like much more ambitious than he's ever done sonically um you know at least in terms of lots of different kinds of instrumentation and, and weirdness and you know it opens with that like going in reverse and you're just like already like whoa what's happening yep. um and then that piano line into that hooky synth line yeah and then all these weird swirling synthy textures around it um and then it settles into this kind of bouncy country-ish rhythm uh, again, sort of led by the acoustic guitar. And I love how often he sort of returns to that sort of Americana, folkish, mm. countryish vibe on this record, even it's with all this other kind of favorite part of this record. Yeah, man, it rules. I, that he's he always excels in that sort of uh, mode, but then he adds all this weird stuff on top of it too. Mm. Um, but there's this kind of cool walking bass line too, kind of going, going all over the place. But then that pedal the sh- steel. The shuffly drums too. I yeah, love those too. drums. Yeah, shuffly is a good word to use. Lots of shuffly drums in this record. Um, but yeah, when that pedal steel comes in yep. throughout, I'm just like, oof, that's great. The harmonies throughout, so good. Mm. Easy to sing along too to get those high harmonies on there. Um, so all that stuff just musically is enough for me to sort of be like, okay, this is, this is special enough to warrant a spot, I think in my top three, but, you know, lyrically, he really lays out sort of the impetus behind the thinking in the record, which is like starting at the beginning in terms of Genesis and the Genesis poem um, myth, whatever you want to call it. And I have my sort of own feelings about that. Um, but his sort of rationale behind like, well, once I accept that I don't believe that or that I find that to be sort of ludicrous, that thread just keeps unraveling. And how can I 
believe in any of this stuff and and where do i draw the line between what is myth or poem and what is true and so yeah this is something i wrestle with and i think this album came out at a time where i was sort of mature enough to not be concerned about dave being like in a different place than me mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas earlier in my life i might have been like oh it just hurts me that like he can't see that Genesis is just a poem. It's a metaphor. It's not actually literal. And it's okay to you of all people should know it's a metaphor. (laughs) It's a metaphor. (laughs) So is Genesis like a metaphor. (laughs) Now I would say, yes, many people say it's literal. And if you read many of the texts that he references on this album, like in Job and in Genesis and in other places where God appears to be a dick, uh, I can totally get why you would just be like well wait a second this is not a god that i'm interested in um and you know for me personally i guess what i thought at the time was sort of like well you don't have to go all the way from if genesis isn't real literally real then none of it is like but i also again i didn't come from the same background that he did and this is something i'm interested to get into with you throughout the record is like even though I wasn't like, oh, all worked up about him not being in the same place as me, I did kind of, it hurts me a little bit that as a sort of, you know, mainline Protestant person for whom not many people think of the Bible as literal, that for a lot of folks who grew up more evangelical or conservative, that there's a moment where it's sort of like, how do you parse that? And some people can sort of get to a place of saying like, well, I think this about this particular part of the Bible or this part of the tradition. And I think this about this part. Um, But I obviously completely get why that could be the sort of thing that unravels everything for certain people. Um, And I agree that those are unsatisfying explanations (laughs) of how things are in the world if they're used in that way. If he's sort of saying, you know, wait a minute, you're suggesting that all of the sort of pain in this world is due to God saying, don't eat this thing. And then we did it. And then God punished the people for it. That's why we've been suffering since then. Like that's not satisfying to me either. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm talking a lot. Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you think about this? I think you can't just take in this one song and extrapolate it to just having this be maybe his main issue. Because I think, right, like with me, it, it, it's more about pulling threads. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you start examining one thing and then you start to because once you allow yourself the permission to do it then that's when right he and he he's talked about this uh uh, in a sense on this record about being able to say i don't know which is like the antithesis to right what evangelicalism is and what he's bringing up this sort of needing some level of the certainty which is nothing something he's never had he's never had that certainty he's talked about that not being certain through his entire songwriting history and this is sort of emblematic as you were talking about the how it's a an appropriate encapsulation of what he's trying to Mm -hmm. get to on the record uh that so much of the bible regardless of whether or not genesis is a metaphor or myth or whatever as i as I believe it to be, you'd be hard pressed to find many things in the Bible that are not supernatural in in some sense. So, because mm-hmm. because they're 
mostly going to be stories about God and the supernatural and, and so much of the Hebrew Bible is a historical, apart from the fact that it's uh, a lot of mythological stories taken from previous mm-hmm. mythologies as well, you know, be it uh, other origin stories similar to Genesis right. or Gilgamesh and great floods and things of that sort. But I think that's the sort of stuff that, yeah, he's coming at it with this sort of snarky, like, wait a second, you want me to believe this? Right. Because it's not just this. This is not the only right, right. thing you no, need no. to accept. And it's not just Genesis. It's right. you're talking about. not. Just, it's not even just the Hebrew Bible and the Old Testament. It's, sure. it's you're wanting me to accept a a fully risen human um, yeah. who died and um and and other things he, he says in later songs stuff that he miracles that he's never seen that he's expected to believe and that is the right. sort of the part that i think yeah, yeah. i also wrestle with is like i i can't just take something on faith anymore and i tried to but mm-hmm. it i i just can't because it's hard and i think yeah there's there's sort of two things going on here that the standard that Christianity has set for what it means to be a good person mm-hmm. is too difficult. Right. And then also just in general, it's hard to be a good person as he yeah. goes through the album talking about various struggles as he's done with you know, other songs about talking about alcoholism and, and his other mm-hmm. other things that he's wrestled with yes there i mean i have obviously i have a lot of feelings about yeah. this and and i i don't think it's I, I i don't know i guess i haven't i didn't read it as it being him mostly being only hung up on yeah on the genesis story yeah i didn't mean to suggest that that was his only i, I take that to mean that's that's the beginning of his unraveling the thread and that once he started it was kind of a decision of like, well, then why, why believe any of this? Um, I mean, that's, that's that's, what he sort of in the, the third verse, he says, yeah, uh, I swung my tassel to the left side of my cap, knowing after graduation, there would be no going back. That's the, he's like, well, this, if this is where I'm going, I've, I've got, yeah, I can't go back from this sort of unraveling of my, of my faith. I'm, and I guess he's just sort of all in. And if he, if you think about Genesis being the beginning of the Bible and maybe this being the beginning of his new life, being graduation and yep. moving on, this is sort of just the start. This is just the sort of the beginning of him yeah. dissecting sure. and, re, yeah. and reimagining what yeah. Christianity is or whatever. That's a good way to think about it. Because I guess I, I had thought about it as being like him deciding if you find the Genesis poem to be lacking moving from there to everything else. But it's, it's probably closer to what you're saying, which is like he realized for a bunch of reasons he didn't believe and sort of pinned it back to that as being like a way to introduce the idea of not believing. Um, And, you know, I could, I could talk about why there are parts of the Bible that I find to be poem or metaphor. And there are parts that I find to be, bogus and not useful and why i still believe in the resurrection or the virgin birth or any other 
thing that might be too much for certain people. I could tell you all about it. I could tell you why I doubt it, <laughs> why I still believe. Sure. Um, but we don't have that kind of time tonight. Oh, you can buy me a drink. We can yes. <laughs> tell me all about it. Yeah, I wrote down the same part that you did. And, and he references that uh, swinging his tassel on his graduation cap in Phoenix. Um, right. Yeah. So it's still a sort of demarcation for him. And this album is sort of the the graduation, as he said, but that verse I always found particularly powerful because that's about, so he sort of stakes his claim in the first couple of verses about like, okay, I'm making this decision. And then the rest of the song is about, so how do I engage now with my family, with these people who raised me, who are very deep in this with my wife and kids who are sort of being in this world still, how do you move forward? And so, yeah, the next part of that is no congratulations for my faithful family, some of whom are already fasting to intercede for me because it's hard to be a decent human being like grappling with the ramifications of his decision yeah. um and that he talks about that th throughout the album too that like you have to let go of your identity and you have to let go of how you thought that it defined you and your relationship to people and just follow what you know makes sense for your life and i think that's powerful and obviously hard and it um is tricky and that's what a lot of strange negotiations is about and how he gets yeah. through the world and it's it's tricky but i've always found it admirable that he had this realization over a course of years or you know time and then said the the, the things that he learned about his faith and how it informed the world are the same reasons why he decided he could not be silent about feeling that he no longer believed them and he wanted to talk about that publicly and still grapple with things in a thoughtful way and i just think that's rare and why i love him so much um yeah. for talking about this stuff um one song in <laughs> one song in a song that we only we didn't even listen to majority of but you know right. that's okay um bless this mess This song rules so hard. <laughs> it's my number two. Oh shit! Wow. I thought it might make the cut for you. No, it didn't. It's. I mean, I, it's so good though. I the fuzzy ass bass Oof. and and the drums. Ooh, they're all yeah. so great. Yeah, it's just 
this is what I, I didn't know what my top three would be going into this. I, like I said, I love every song. And so I, I, they could be very flexible, but this has always been one that for me from second one, I'm just like, Whoa, there's just like, there are three awesome, overwhelming things happening instantly, <laughs> which is one that fuzzy deep bass part on the sense yep. that you're talking about. That's kind of the songs spine throughout yeah um this loud organ just like in yeah. your face like cacophonous organ and then the hand claps and i'm just like oh this is something cool not only um, that but like the sort of gospel choirs sort yes, of sound he's like got going on too lush multi-part harmonies come in throughout oh man and then yeah that pedal steel comes in at the end of the chorus and takes you back into the verse um and if we could hear a little bit of the ending, it's just where it becomes like this cacophony of organ parts and vocal parts and distorted guitar. I love it. It's like a million things going on. Yeah. So good. Yeah, guitar is going like <laughs> it's so cool your man. pet sounds yes uh, comparison is very apt yeah yeah I, I love it i'm here for it um so yeah just the the the, the sort of overwhelms being overwhelmed by the sort of uh, sonic quality of this one i think is enough to push it pretty high up in my favorites um and this is one that i'm just going to read all the lyrics to. sure sure um i love the idea of bless this mess just in general and i know there's like the the sort of hokey pillow crochet art bless this mess yeah, thing that people makes, have makes me think of like like a kathy comic strip <laughs> right, or <yeah>. something. <laughs> but the the way that he's Ack. using it <laughs> Ack, chocolate 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 um <laughs> the way that he's using it here and this is like the embodiment of that thing we were talking about of right. reclaiming anti-religious things with religious language like oh sort of sermon on the mount s yeah i see your beatitudes and i'm gonna say here's what i would like god to bless please uh the man who stumbles the man who falls the man who yields to temptation the woman who suffers the woman who weeps the children trying her patience just like immediately sort of let's get god's blessings for people who are trying and <laughs> it's hard and right. um yeah it's messy life is messy um so I love it. It's kind of like these are these are like new additional beatitudes that Bazan has brought us. Um, and then, yeah, the chorus trouble getting over it is what you're in, in for. So pour yourself another because it'll take a, a steady pair of hands. Holy or unholy ghost. Well, now I can't tell. But either way you cut it, you should get some distance if you plan to take a stand. The trouble getting over religion and and sort of dissecting himself from his former identity is saying he's going to need to drink to handle that, which is another theme of this album. Right. And wh whether the, however he lands on how he thinks about God, you will have to prepare yourself to take the stand that he would need to take to sort of separate himself from that tradition. Go through the rest quickly. More Beatitudes here in verse three. God bless the house divided. God bless the weeds and the wheat. God bless the lamp lit under a bushel. These are specifically in scripture. It's like, you know, a divided house won't stand get the weeds out of the wheat don't keep your lamp lit under a bushel and he's just like reclaiming it all and being like let's claim that for also being worthy of blessing um okay then the pre-chorus i discovered hell to be the poison in the well so i tried to warn the others others of the curse 
Then my body turned on me. I dreamt that for eternity, my family would burn. Then I awoke with a wicked thirst. So for him, hell, you know, hell is also something that I couldn't reconcile um, with a loving God and isn't part of my faith. But again, I completely understand. And that is for a lot of people, the thing, not Genesis of being like, I can't accept a hell. So I can't accept a loving God. So I can't accept the Bible. Yeah, I, I think it was so it, like in my tradition. So my boss, the the presiding bishop of the ELCA has said, you know, if there is a hell, it's empty. The idea that like, A, she doesn't really think there is one and B, she doesn't think that God would actually damn people to that place. And that's kind of where my thinking is. But I, I completely get that he's like, once that drop came into the well, it poisoned the whole thing. And I can't right. accept the rest. And again, I totally understand that. And then it's sort of saying, but he still dreams about his family burning in hell. Um, and that's so much of what the Pedro discography and the Bazan discography is about is like, even as we're talking like on Havasu, he's still, when he closes his eyes, he thinks about this stuff and it's still in his subconscious and he still wrestles with like right. the, the most troubling aspects of this. Okay. I'm going to finish reading up the lyrics here, unless you want to add something before I do that. <laughs> no, you just finish it. And I have, I have some thoughts though. Okay, good. Go so, but then, as he closes in the second chorus, he's getting back into sort of how he deals with his family. And at this point, he's drinking heavily. Um, and by my baby's yellow bed, I kissed her forehead and rubbed her little tummy, wondering if she'd soon despise the smell of the booze on my breath like her mom. Through a darkened mirror, I've seen my own reflection, and it makes me want to be a better man after another drink, which I think <laughs> we've talked about, or maybe Cortland Coffee talked about when he was on yeah. the pod or something. But yeah. this idea of like, he's recognizing what he's doing in this moment of, of using alcohol to cope and realizing right. it's not a good way to do it and being like, you know, I got to figure this out, but you no, know, just, just one more drink <laughs> then I'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. And boy, I, I understand that. Um, we've, we've named several times that he articulates <laughs> depression well, and yeah. that feels similar to like, I want to get myself together, but you know, it would help me get myself together is if I had another drink. Exactly. Um, Oh, yeah. Man. Then he closes with um, these additional blessings. God bless the man at the crossroads. That's what he is. God bless the woman who still can't sleep. Maybe his wife dealing with things. God bless the history that doesn't repeat. And that's the one that hits the hardest because he's yeah. like, I don't want my kids to go through what I went through. And I want to sort of end this cycle of thinking about hell and worrying about that stuff. At least that's how I interpret it. So anyway, I, I needed to read all of this because there's so much there, but please take over. <laughs> One of the things I think is important to mention that when we talk about a lot of the metaphor or mythology or poetry or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. much of the Bible and, and literature, even simply being like, yeah, I don't, believe it is is one thing but and that's fine that you can say like i i'm not sure. i'm not trying to be pointed at you but yeah, just yeah, like yeah. you no, isn't but realizing that this these stories are weaponized against people yes yes and so they're not truly benign stories that could easily just be dismissed when people mm. are thrown out of denominations for not yeah. adhering to what the denomination wants them to believe or people are persecuted or, or thrown out of their church or because they're gay or because they don't adhere to a specific doctrine that's just the right doctrine which he alludes to in other songs you know yeah so i think for us growing up in our particular denominations we were fortunate that we didn't have 
as mm. caustic of a relationship with scripture that yeah. it seems like Dave did and more troubled denominations such as um, the SBC uh, mm. who is going through its own uh, nightmare because they are trash. Um, yeah. yeah. Saying that if you're not literal, then you don't literally believe the Bible, then you're not a Christian or you're going to hell. It's, mm. it's um, something that I'm you know, familiar with uh, having concerns about from some members of mm -hmm. my family. Yeah. Not my immediate yeah. family, I should say. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I really flew through all that. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to comment <laughs> on from the lyrics or? Um, no, but I do appreciate this, the, the alternative um, and the sort of turning, flipping the whole Sermon on the Mount upside yeah. down to be a little bit more realistic coming off of it's hard to be, mm. it's, uh, you know, a decent human being. It's like, well, what if God blessed the people who were fucked up? <laughs> wouldn't right. that be wouldn't that be great yeah and i actually see a lot of what i mean again we're getting into tricky territory here because like you can point out well jesus literally says this in the bible and dave is contradicting that but i see a lot of what he's saying is actually being in harmony with the rest of the sermon on the mount like i don't think jesus would see these things my understanding of what of what dave is saying and be like no way like i think Jesus could agree to bless those situations and those people. And Dave is just asking for that to sort of be acknowledged or part of the conversation too. Um, I don't know. I find it really powerful. Same. Please, baby, please. Ooh. The rules. slow burner of a song this is my number one. Oh shit <laughs> we have a completely different top three we do oh my god i don't Which, think that's ever happened in not this season it doesn't happen this season where we've had zero overlap no wow but you know um i i would have in my top three whatever will end up being in your top three too so <laughs> um yeah this is another one that like if i think about what's my favorite song on cursory branches i'm not like oh please baby please but it's a perfect song. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> there are no faults to be found. It is so catchy. Um, I just I feel like it could be like a Paul Simon or sure Paul McCartney like classic, like a song that you've heard for the last 40 years. Um, 
and I don't understand why this wasn't a giant hit and in every movie trailer. Wouldn't this make a perfect movie trailer song? Yeah, it sure like, would. I don't get it. Why wasn't this more of a thing? I mean, I know he did have success, as I said, but this feels like a true like crossover song. Like this should be more well known. So I just like, I think once I think about it on those terms of just like this is a perfect pop song, and I just can't deny it. Um, I mean, that cool. It, yeah. it, it is a, it's a bummer. It is a bummer. <laughs> so maybe that's why. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe not everybody wants to hear songs about alcoholism and, uh, and vehicular and- homicide. Um, <laughs> so perhaps that's part of the reason. I think I tend to forget that like he's such a bummer because I'm like, oh, Dave, is that my favorite guy? And people are like, oh, but his stuff is like so dark and sad. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I am a dark and sad human um, sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I that cool little keyboard demo thing in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Um, and then just this great melody played on acoustic guitar. Um, the ooh, ooh, harmony vocals that come in. Uh, we got to shout out Yuki Matthews on bass here. Um, who we've mentioned a couple times he's played with Bazan over the years, but boy, that bass line absolutely rules. Uh, just going all over the neck. Um, Josh Autumn on electric guitar here. Cool little electric guitar flourishes throughout. On top of that steady acoustic melody where it's like bring, 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 just these little bright notes. I love it. Um, musically. Obviously, thematically, as you said, it's about him reckoning with alcoholism, um, sort of envisioning what might happen in the future if he doesn't get his act together. Um, and you know, he so the the please means different thing through each verse you know first his wife is saying it to him as in like please stop drinking then he says it to his wife asking if he can have a drink like please can i do this and then third verse his daughter in the future is pleading with him after having uh crashed her car and killed people uh after being drunk behind the wheel um the the original third verse that he would sing live before the album came out was um, she crashed her car into a tree and then the album came out and it was killed a mother of three and I was just like Jesus <laughs> like that got right. much darker and more shocking I think to sort of uh, emphasize you know the, the, the future the legacy that he could leave by bringing a dependency on alcohol sort of into his family and I also remember him saying even before this album came out that he would be calling his wife like at a bar being like, please, can I have a drink? You know, cause he yeah. would like try to be transparent about what's happening and would call to plead about things. So I don't know, it, it, it's obviously <laughs> dark and sad, but it also is a, an articulation of him being like, I can't keep living like this. I don't know. What do you think about it? I mean, it's like you're saying, and it's an extremely catchy song and I mean, apart from the bummer alcoholism verses, of of course I could understand why this would could be a fun rom com right. trailer. If it was just please, baby, please, and that's all you yeah. heard, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's a song about a struggling dude, and I and yeah. I appreciate it. It's I think I appreciate musically what he's doing more so than where he's going lyrically but sure because he's he's sort of getting back to maybe a little bit of storytelling yeah maybe he's he's maybe envisioning a future where he doesn't change and this is what happens right that's how i take it yeah but it is similar terrain to sort of 
control or winners in that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm guessing not many people would name this as their number one or even in their top three. Like, I'm guessing the songs that really sort of deal more with the deconstruction stuff is what people would resonate with most immediately. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I haven't really heard this live in a long time, but I would love to. Um, I think it rolls. I, I think so too. But there's not there's not a song on this album that I don't like. No, correct. So <laughs> there's not a song that I don't love. Yeah, there you go. And title track, Curse Your Branches. Yes. Texture baby. So good. So good. my number two okay certainly a top three contender for me yeah uh i i mean you talk about songs that are just so beautifully Mm -hmm. constructed Mm -hmm. this is this is not exactly like a this isn't like a hard to be sort of song where it's just like right throwing everything out there which i i love that because it's so big and lush this feels like it's things are peppered throughout Mm -hmm. and you hear these tiny little slides of things in the Mm -hmm. background or whatever but things that you could only really pick up if you're listening on headphones and you're just like oh yeah what's what's that what's that yeah um but i i really appreciate lyrically kind of because this is something that i was talking about i uh, mentioned earlier about red and orange or red and yellow Mm -hmm. that these splits of denominations the similarity between between Mm. different faith groups and it's just Mm -hmm. like 
you know, you gotta, you gotta choose. You have, even though it's almost virtually the same, except we have this one teeny tiny little difference in how we think about baptism. Um, uh-huh. Oh, you don't believe that? Well, you're totally going to hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, and, but like this sort of like, oh, if you're not sure, that's, you know, take, that's fine. But like, we need you to commit right, right. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all fallen leaves should curse their branches for not mm-hmm. letting them decide where they should fall and not letting them refuse to fall at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like there could be some different interpretations. Yes. Uh, for for these lines. Yeah, I was going to uh, ask what you because uh, he there's the song that has plenty of tree metaphors. Yes, there's a lot going on here. Going on the fallen leaves. One could interpret the the fallen leaf being like, okay, so the leaf once on the tree, the leaf when the leaf dies, it falls off the tree. Mm-hmm. and so one could interpret that as like you know i didn't even get a choice in being born or being part right. of this tree and now like you know i'm dying or i'm falling to the ground i didn't even have not, none of this was my decision and and i i not only did i not have a choice to be born like i didn't have a choice to like in any of this be be it like because he's talking about in the very next verse, digging up the root of my confusion. Mm-hmm. If no one planted it, how does it grow? So like he's continuing that metaphor that obviously this faith doesn't come about simply on its own. If, mm-hmm. if Dave was placed on an Island somewhere, this mm-hmm. would not be an inherently understood, like obvious truth or reality. Right. So this had to be given to him. This this theology, some of this trauma and this struggle was given to him. And so in that case, he had no choice about what he believed because it was, it was given to him. And so now it's like, well, like you made me believe this. And so now I, I'm, I don't believe anymore. So like I'm fallen, I'm fallen, yeah. but I didn't have it. Like, I didn't have a choice. Like whether or not to believe this and now I don't believe it. So it, it's just like you're pushed into all of these directions. Mm-hmm. But my favorite part is he says, and why are some hell bent upon there being an answer? Well, mm-hmm. some are quite content to answer. I don't know. Yeah. Which is where I have been for so many years now, mm-hmm. because it's so much easier to say, I don't know because right it's a perfectly legitimate answer to say like, like, Oh, is there, is there a God is, was there a God that created all of this? And is, is, are we, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think so, but I don't know, but yeah, I don't need to pick red and yellow because I don't know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful and kind of sad or maybe even angry metaphor, depending how you read it. Yeah. But I just think I I wrote down the same parts that you read. I've always sort of assumed that the curse your branches idea means like all fallen leaves should curse their branches in the sense of if you believed in this thing so deeply and then you left it or like even the idea of like God allowing you 
to leave and right. not like caring more to keep you right that your response should be to curse that branch for like not caring what happens to you next or not letting them you know refuse to fall at all like he's saying so i think i've always taken it curse your branches more in the sense of like curse curse the idea of god that you had that feels unloving and where you came from looking back on that after sure. it not serving you and being like i don't i curse that <laughs> experience of where i came from but i think you're right that I, as i've sort of spent more time with it over the years i'm like it it might even be broader than that and be about you know being born at all like you're saying like right. um you know it is being a leaf just the idea of life and like i didn't ask for this <laughs> yeah um i think that could be it too um could be and both. yeah yeah it could be both it could be all of it i it doesn't think need I, to be, I, it doesn't need to be dualistic or binary john right it doesn't it's need to be uh, red, orange red, and yellow <laughs> or orange and red yeah but like yeah that idea i, I just like so much of the album, I find it meaningful because he's so emotionally invested. He's determining the God that he understands having believed in and being like, I don't like that. And I am choosing to sever myself from it. And so the idea of a leaf who has fallen, wrestling with having fallen and cursing <laughs> the branch that you fell from feels like such a a good and and moving sort of encapsulation of that and yeah i agree i mean the 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 part of the song that always kind of hits me the most is the well some are quite content to answer i don't know i mean i i guess i am saying that i i do stake my belief on certain things but the most comforting thing to me in my faith understanding and in the way that i navigate the world is saying i don't know and i've i'm not certain of anything um even while i believe things and i I've mentioned this on the show before, like multiple times, but like the reason that I wanted to study the Bible and theology in college is because I wanted to find some black and white. And I was like frustrated by the gray and then realizing pouring over the context of scripture, like we've been talking about and church history and different theologians and, and how faith has expressed itself over all the centuries in, in the world, like getting to a place of being like, Oh, the gray is the most comforting yeah part of that faith understanding like once you get to say once you get to a place of being comfortable with saying i don't know i found my faith to be much more robust and sort of like easy to live with and not constantly not worry about like i'm not going to wrestle with hell because i don't think that hell is real and that's sort of the end of it for me you know what i mean like i don't right. need to spend a lot of time thinking about that because it doesn't work for me and that feels much more satisfying to like, well, think about the parts of your faith that do make sense to you. I don't know. So I just, I like the, the calling out of um, allowing for the answer to be, I don't know, to be the sort of um, something worth mentioning or, or even aspiring to, or he's at least asking like, why are you so insistent on, on being an answer and why can't, um, you know, why are there others who say, I don't know. And I, I don't know. I just, I think the world would be a better place kind of like what we were talking about in our earlier segment, if there was less binary thinking and yeah, um, seeing things in black and whites and there are good and evil people and more gray and more, I don't knows out there. So yeah. it would be nice. Yes. It would be nice. Um, 
But I think to your point about what you were saying about cursing God for not caring more to keep you from falling hmm. sort of gives is 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 also fair uh, reading because that sort of goes to what he says in a later song mm -hmm. um, about God knowing how things would would go. Right. Right. So well, I think that is also a fair read. There's just so much. This is what I love about about Bazan that a single song, two dudes could sit down and just like <laughs> talk know. about four lines and just yeah <laughs> and pontificate over the meaning and it can be it can still be so rich yeah and absolutely and again because it's there's just so much about us all over this record like yeah talking about like dads like sitting around talking about like what they believe and doing drugs <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally. just like like <laughs> what's dave where are you at let's let's hang know, out a, that is a <laughs> that is a funny piece of it yes um yeah all right uh, there's so much richness i was just going to shout out briefly yeah, yeah. you know we yeah. talked musically a little bit the, those cool guitar textures that nice guitar sound throughout but yeah. that first chorus we heard is great when the drums and the bass drop out and it's just kind of weird sounds around the vocals um but then in the second chorus they put back in the sort of stomping drums and the bass and that version of the chorus also rules i just uh, the song is great there's a there's a lyrical melody to mm -hmm. this song that reminds me so much of fairy tale of new york by the pogues oh interesting it was christmas eve babe <laughs> uh -huh. in the drunk tank an old man said to me it just it has like this yeah very similar kind of quality mm, that's interesting to it yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, that's, there's a, there's a certain part in, in the song that makes me think right. I'm, he's going to go up to yeah. that next vocal right, right. level. There like they, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite songs of all time. So that <laughs> makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Okay. Harmless sparks. They might have burned, but the priests were all taking turns. Showing nuns what they had discerned about their bodies in the dark. They carried on from the evening until the dawn, like they should have been all along making harmless sparks instead of breaking little boy's heart and god knows if you notice the millions of small holes and ponder the weight of an apple compared to the trouble um the song takes a really hard turn there at the end of those <laughs> those original those initial verses before it gets to the this. chorus yeah i think i mentioned this on the pod before but this is the song this is one of the songs that i had in mind when for a long time when i saw him playing solo he would play just the first two verses and then move into the song fewer broken pieces 
Um, so he was clearly just working on those first two verses for a while and didn't really know where to take it. Um, and then he added the chorus and it was just like, oh, wow. Like we moved into another song. Um, and he didn't need to add anything else but putting in oh for the end and just have it be that and that's perfect that's all you need it's it's two and a half minutes but like yeah the first part of the song is cool and sets up like its own type of song and then moves into something <laughs> really different musically um but i think both parts are, are great um yeah it's just it's just him on vocals and acoustic guitar for those first two verses and then the chorus kicks off with this like triangle ding and all of a right. sudden it's like this funky like electric piano and like organ sound and i think it's like a kibasa you know one of those like silver beaded instruments that you kind of twist around the ch -ch -ch. Um, it all feels very beatlesy all of a sudden mm. um there are a few points on this album that feel beatlesy to me um and that yeah ooh, the pedal steel comes in at the end for the, oh, um, there's this great organ melody that kind of propels it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's such a breezy, warm song for such a tough topic. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, he's talking about, you know, priests and nuns should be the ones messing around. Uh, if anyone's going to mess around in the church in a consensual way, um, not kids. Yeah. But he says it, you know, with the, instead of breaking little boys hearts which is like that's a gut punch it is um and yeah then moves into this chorus that sort of it goes from there into this notion of sort of like the hard to be question again of sort of putting it in the context of the sin of the church uh in the sense of priests abusing their power and doing awful shit and that being the original sin you know he says ponder the weight of an apple compared to the mess that we're in like that can't be it if we're looking at the idea of an epidemic of priests raping kids like oh it's all because we ate an apple he's like pondering this little apple being the supposed yeah. reason for this kind of stuff happening um this feels like a uh this is a problem of evil kind of song yeah in, right, in right. a way it's like you know okay so we got these terrible you know you're talking about again you're talking about the rape of children and we're just supposed to accept that like well this is this is i mean sin is part of mm -hmm. you know what happened because of the fall and 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 this is just sort of like getting back to our earlier conversation on the episode like talking about gun violence and just sort of like what you're willing to throw your hands up over says everything about mm. what you believe yeah. if you're like well you know god gave us a free will and there's always going to be evil you know that's what they, the bible said there's always you know there will always be evil so it's like and you're just like okay so what raping kids is cool right. and yeah. shooting kids in the face at schools that's that's also right. okay so that just tells me everything and that's why he's exactly. like and then a grown man is like gonna be tempted to be like all right fuck this then i right. don't i don't want to have anything to do with right with this just yeah. go have sex with right. the nun right that's it's fine that's what you right. should be doing yeah yeah right yeah the harmless sparks versus the fucking <laughs> world ending yeah. shit that you've been doing behind this power of the church yeah um yeah, and then, you know, 
that's the doubt begins to spread like original sin tying it back in um yeah man it's a it's a powerful one um sort of like deceptively so because it's almost playful in the beginning but it's like you realize what he's using that for um is something much bigger so i do like when it sort of transitions into that like what are we really doing here how do we deal with this stuff um yeah i don't know good one (laughs) it's a short it's uh shortest one on the record and it but it, it still packs quite a punch yes when we fall This is my number one. Okay. I thought this would be in there. It's it's certainly a contender for me. Um because it's got this this song has everything. <laughs> it has that fuzzy bass, it has the yeah, driving Americana guitar rock. Mm. Uh it's it's I mean it has that like bar rock vibe. Yeah. And it's but the guitar tone too is just like it just feels like you're in a smoky bar and mm. and you know gives that sort of tumble down vibe that we yeah that's and, interesting that i was i really really dig um yeah i've sort but, of been thinking about it again in the context of like another beatles it feels very beatles oh okay sure 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 um, sure 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 yeah but those two things can live together i mean if that sort of cool rhythmic sort of janky drums and yeah. those crunchy guitars reverby vocals that oh that bass line like it yeah, feels yeah, yeah. those multi-part harmonies it feels very like i don't know that chunky kind of jangly propulsive sort of bluesy rhythms with these backup vocals could be either a, an americana band in a bar or sort of beatles and sort of revolver era i don't know that's that's anyway. that is true that is fair yeah um i mean talk about like wanting to read lyrics to yeah we gotta read but, all these lyrics <laughs> okay do you, do you want to you want to hit it or do you want me to sure. read? <laughs> well you haven't gotten to read them you want to read some sure sure <laughs> with the threat of hell hanging over my head like a halo i was made to believe in a couple of beautiful truths that eventually had the effect of completely unraveling 
the powerful curse put on me by you. And the chorus is when you set, when you set the table and when you chose the scale, did you write a riddle that you knew they would fail? Did you make them tremble so they would tell the tale? Did you push us when we fell? Verse, verse two, if my mother cries when I tell her what I discovered, then I hope she remembers she taught me to follow my heart. And if you bully her like you've done me with fear of damnation, well, then I hope she can see you for what you are. Um, yeah. And then this is the part, um, the, this end part that really kind of mm-hmm. like ooh, solidifies yeah. it for me. Yeah. And what am I afraid of? Whom did I betray? In what medieval kingdom does justice work this way? You knew what would happen and made us just the same. Then you, my Lord, can take the blame. Yeah, man. That's this... like a <laughs> mic drop of an ending right there. Yeah, this was the song I was referencing earlier that he's like, when we were talking about Curse Your Branches, that he's mm-hmm. like, well, if you knew I was going to you know, leave my faith, then right. and you're the one who uh, are threat- threatening me with damnation, and you're the one who like then who did I betray? You're the one who, right. you know, you knew what was going to happen, right? right you're right, all knowing yeah. you knew this was going to happen. And, and like, you're the one who set us up to fail to like, with the impossible task of believing something that is so difficult to believe. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's the sort of, in my mind, he's like, did you push us? You just, you're pushing right. us while we're already, you're like already down or we're about to fall. You just push us over. And this is one of those, this is a frustration song. And Mm -hmm. I, I really appreciate it because even though this is not a place that I'm in anymore, Mm -hmm. I think this in 2013, 2013, Andrew would have Mm. fucking been (laughs) all over this. Yeah. Uh, It still resonates with me because I, I can, I can access that feeling and memory and, uh, anger and frustration. Um, yeah. and I would be surprised if Dave still lives in this sort of space right. because yeah. I think it's hard to right. kind of sustain that. And I think, yeah, this is a, this is a thing that you grow from eventually. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, he, he's articulating his understanding of, god as a bully right and so i get that you would want to uh sever ties to a bully um you know did you just set this all up just to see us fail at the test you created kind of and then punish people and made them afraid of god so that that could be god's legacy be afraid believe in god because you can be punished and sent to hell like that sucks i i I don't like that either. Yeah. And I am of the opinion of like, yes, deconstruct that idea of God. But, you know, for me, that's not, that's not how I understand God to be a, a, a bully in that way. But, but again, for somebody coming out of this and having that experience, I obviously understand wanting to like name that and call that out and, and right. separate yourself from it. Um, this is another one about sort of using that, you know, flipping the language, the the, the beautiful t- truths um, about love and grace that he sort of 
learned from Christianity, as I was saying, those are the same principles that led him to realize that he didn't believe. So like, you know, how could a loving God send people to hell, threaten them, all that stuff. But, you know, he calls his faith understanding growing up a powerful curse put on me by you. And that's just like, oof, that's another sort of, yeah, like having the sort of relationship to a God who's threatening with hell all the time is, is a curse. You know, that's a relationship based in like a, not love, but uh, feeling like owed to this person, you know, even describing the threat of hell, like a halo, like, man, it's just, it makes me sad for how so much of the church and so many Christians have chosen to live out their response to what I also believe to be the gospel's beautiful truths. You know what I mean? Like it's that rather than allowing for an understanding of God, that's not this black and white cartoon bully that it makes more sense for so many people to just disregard entirely. It just makes me sad that that's the discourse that this American church has twisted for a lot of people. I don't know. I'm trying not to sound like patronizing. I'm trying to be sensitive here. Cause I'm like, well, if you believed like I do, then you wouldn't have these issues. Like, I'm not trying to say that it just bums me out that I like, know. this isn't how, um, yeah, it just puts people off of the idea of any sort of God entirely because of the bully perception that is so propagated. So know. what you're saying is if the church lived up to the the church <laughs> right. that Jesus was trying to advocate for, then yeah. there'd be less trauma in the world? Hmm. Is that what you're saying? It's a crazy idea. Oh. Um, I don't know. I think we should just throw all the gays in hell. I think that's mostly what the Bible is about. That's easier. Yeah, that's probably the right um, thing to do. Yeah, the uh, the good guys with the gun will stop the bad guys with the gun. Uh, get people to go to hell, and uh, yeah, we'll be and done we'll, with that. We'll just live in a perpetual nightmare forever and ever <laughs> until we're all underwater from climate change. Yay! Yay! Um, <laughs> people ask me why I like depressing music. Maybe it's that. Um, yeah, the part two where he says, um, you know, if his mother cries, you know, yeah, when she finds out what he, you know, that that he, he hopes he remembers, she taught him to follow his heart. I find that really meaningful. Um, apparently, I remember him talking about this afterward that his mother said, well, I didn't know what following your heart would lead you to. And I wish I, you know, I wish you wouldn't use that as a justification for where you <laughs> claim following your heart went to. And she's like, oof, well, yeah. That gets back again to this idea of you raised me with these beliefs. But right. as, then as an adult, I'm like, well, why aren't you... Again, why aren't you living up to what you claim to? But I don't know. I, I do find it powerful that he's like sort of defending his mom and being like, um, you know, following your heart is something that is a good uh, parenting technique to, to tell kids. And I don't know. It, it, it bums me out knowing how she responded to that line in real life. And so I always think about that when I hear it now too. But anyway. Um, it makes me feel a little bit more curious about his relationship with his dad because the stories you've told me about his dad seem to be a little bit more heartwarming even though yeah. it's probably not always heartwarming right you know playing on i feel like he's yeah yeah he's been more public with sort of stories about his dad maybe um yeah i don't know all right lost my shape
20 days of the sorrows Down at the liquor store Trying to call your sponsor You used to feel like the forest fire burning But now you feel like a child Throwing tantrums for your child So good. There, the, the the this pedal steel, the mm. just uh, yeah, sliding around, sliding Oof. around, <laughs> so great. That organ that starts it out, yeah. Whatever effect is on the the regular electric guitar almost makes it sound like a steel drum or something. It's so like tinkly, um, and then that all settles into this acoustic guitar foundation for the melody. Um, I love this one uh it's another one where there's <laughs> all these songs but there's just like so much to chew on here i know um you know he my understanding is that he's sort of comparing his experience in the sort of christian scene and then leaving it um and sort of describing that now looking back at it um it could be broader than that but i you know when he's talking about like you used to feel like a smoker shivering in the cold waiting outside the bar till the opener's over that suggests to me like the lane he was in his sort of former identity in Pedro was like, he felt sort of left out of the main scene or the main church. Um, and then he says, but now you feel like a drinker 20 days off the sauce down at the liquor store trying to call your sponsor. To me, it's like now he's, he's left it entirely and he feels a little desperate and he's calling his sponsor in terms of like, he's tempted to stay away from the damaging faith that he had um or he's tempted to sort of like go back to it and the sponsors are like no don't go back there man <laughs> that's kind of how i think of it um yeah and which sort of yeah the chorus you used to feel like a forest fire burning now you feel like a child throwing tantrums like you know being on fire like we've talked a lot about right. on the pod right and now you having had that history feel like you're just pouting and throwing tantrums because you you haven't been sort of allowed to be in an environment that allows you to do the things you're doing now or question things i don't know that's how i've thought about it is that what do you think i don't know it could be like um he used to be on fire but now you're just angry now you're mad right. now right, you're just right. like i don't know maybe he's like feels like he's whiny or complaining or yeah i don't know what it means if he's if uh, throwing tantrum tantrums for your turn is if the word turn there means that he felt like he deserved some sort of a bigger turn in the spotlight or more fame or i don't know but i think to me the the most striking ones are the following verses yeah he used to sound like a prophet and everyone wanted to know how could you tell the truth without losing that soft glow? But now you feel like a salesman closing another deal or some drunk ship captain raging after the white whale. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that going from this Christian indie uh, legend to right. somebody who's like 
like maybe feels a little bit like aimless and doesn't know what he's going after or like what's mm-hmm. his direction now or yeah who, who yeah is he what's where's his boat going he right if his lane and his identity for so long was sort of like people telling him like wow like you're telling the truth here but you still have your faith you know yeah, like, yeah, isn't yeah. It, you're such a prophet in this world thanks for like telling the truth but now that he's got that identity gone which defined him for so long he's like well what am i i'm just sort of chasing this white whale of god or my former faith around and yeah it, it's very much you know lost my shape he, he had this yeah. identity for so long as somebody who's like my deal is you know i can tell you why i doubt it but why i still believe and i'm going to push at the edges with my art and then if your whole thing is like i believe but i'm poking at the edges of the church or capitalism or the scene or whatever. And then to lose that, it's like, well, what, what am I now? <laughs> you know, I, I get it. Like it's what lane do I occupy now? Like yeah. as an artist and as a person navigating the world. And right. when he says he used to feel like a prodigal returning, it's like, is he returning to the sort of Christian music scene, even after criticizing the church? Um, but now he, you know, now he hates everything he created and he wants to watch it burn. Like <laughs> that's him looking at the sort of Pedro discography and rather than being a, uh, a prodigal being like, I just want all that to, to crumble. Um, I don't know. It's a very stark yeah, sort of statement. And I do think it's kind of powerful that he's like, he wants to watch that, what, what he created and the scene he was part of burn. And that's where he's at, you know, very much like you're saying with, he's feeling that fresh anger. Um, And so today is Phoenix, you know, like that almost feels like it did burn. And now today he's sort of on the other side of that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I might be overextending my metaphor here, but I do think that's a powerful idea that like the first time I heard, he's like, Oh, he wants to watch it burn. But like, I love Pedro. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And like that today he's like, yeah, it it burned, but I found my way out from it Um, or a different way to sort of, identify like think of myself and my identity so i don't know there's so much here it's so good yeah this is this is a song written by someone deep in their feels and yeah and i think that he is uh, you said that he um maybe has softened on some of this you think Uh, yeah i mean he still plays a lot of Pedro songs um yeah I think as you said he there there there's a time immediately coming out of it when you think of things so starkly and then with time you're sort of like well there are elements of it that are still good or still me or whatever he has such an innate ability to choose ending lines for songs (laughs) yeah like how about that I want to watch it burn yeah oh god well I love my dude yep love my dude (laughs) all right um bearing witness hmm. oh hell yeah
my number three yeah that's what i figured uh <laughs> very tough for me to leave this one out oh Ugh. god so good so it, good. talk about a beatles song yes very beatlesy <laughs> that guitar line in particular yeah, yeah feels very beatlesy yeah but those dry the driving drums all of it mm-hmm. is so so good yeah. that's sort of again that sort of electric piano keyboard line that yep. dur- 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 yep. it's so yep. cool just yep. like propels the whole thing along the harmonies cool. are yeah. so tight yeah harmonies are great Ugh. that country americana yep guitar sound um but it's yeah it's such a classic pop song melody it's so catchy um and yeah the, the pedal steel comes in again with the bridge and then he adds the ride symbol on the final verse it's such a jam man it's such a I remember seeing this one live and just being like, oh, this, this rules. Um, and thematically, I mean, yeah, we've been talking about this, that it's sort of the ultimate in the flipping the language thing here. Yeah. Um, Cause he's describing, you know, maybe an alternative to religion or maybe a more humanist approach of being like what he repented of was Christianity. Yes. <laughs> um, but he's still tempted to go back to it sometimes. Um in the way that Christians talk about repenting from sin and being tempted. Right. Um, and, and this question of asking what actually is bearing witness in this world. Right. Um, in each verse being like, well, that's, that's not what bearing witness is. Um, and, you know, determining that the faith he had is not actually bearing witness. <laughs> like I love where he ends up with the, like this last part in particular, though it may alienate your family and blur the lines of your identity both of which we've talked about a lot in this episode. Yeah. Let go of what you know and honor what exists. Whew, it always like makes me cry talking about it. I know. It's like, that's such a powerful idea. And I don't know why people can't accept that. It's like, we're again, we're back to this, this country and the way we think right. about guns and these things where it's just like, fuck whatever you know about good and evil in the world and what you think God is like, honor what exists what's happening is the world around us and how we interact with each other as humans whatever you think of god or anything else like and what exists for us this week is kids getting killed by guns and so i could not care less what you think you know about what god thinks about guns or what the constitution says about freedom or what you think about good or evil people like the reality is what is around us um and how do we engage each other in that way? What, what actually exists objectively that we can prove and son, that's what bearing witnesses yeah. daughter. That's what bearing witnesses. That's what he's leaving as a legacy to his kids. It's yeah. So powerful to me. So I really powerful. find it moving. Yeah. It's so powerful. So moving. And I think bearing witness to the horrors mm. is what is so hard for people. And right. it, just once you, because it's what, so much of what Dave started off this album with is throwing the tassels to the other side and there's no yeah. going back. And I think that's what people are afraid of. 
people yeah, are afraid yeah, right. of saying i don't know people are afraid of pulling the threads because they're afraid of what happens next they're afraid of what could happen because it could alienate family what what's right, your identity right. who are you but yeah. the what he's had to do and wrestle through he's doing it very honestly but that's what bearing witness is yeah he's, yeah he is honoring where he's at with this record yep. he could have sat down and wrote another concept record that probably would have been great but this is that's right. not what bearing witness is right this is yeah. this song is this album is where he's at is bearing witness because when you when you think about the word witness it means you mm. have seen something you've experienced yeah. something he has not seen these biblical miracles he right. he's he has not seen these things that he's trying to make fit but he can't understand it right and you know in the things that he's hoped for and the things that he wants but that's right. not what exists. And so yep. he's yep. going to admit and bear witness to the things that are present. And that's his children. It's mm. his family. And, you know, there's lots of, um, yeah, the references to his children on this record, which yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense that you're sort of, and we'll get into that more. Um, with the last with the close, yeah the closing song in particular how do you sort of grapple having this sort of identity shift wrestling with the big questions of life as your kids are getting to an age of being like what is the world what do we believe what is god it's, it's heavy stuff um not heavy breath which is the next song <laughs> um yeah it's almost like the kendrick album we were talking about where it's like tell them the truth you know this is where he's at right now is i think the reason a lot of the reason why we love that Kendrick album is he's bearing witness to where he's at right now. And he's come to kind of a similar conclusion that Dave has the idea of whatever you believe, what, how we act in this world and what we do with each other and in the world is what matters. Um, right. And that's a, a relatively simple idea, but a lot of people can't seem to prioritize that. Yep. Anyway. Great song. Great top threes. We still have yes. two more great songs left. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Space, 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 space.
yeah. It's a good one. I um, love that chorus. Yeah, it's great. If no um, heavy breath blew up these lungs while dirt and wet spit hung a ghost in the air, well, we're still here. Yeah. The reality is like, okay, whether wherever we came from, whether we right. we it was just straight evolution or if God actually did pick up some mud and and, right. and blow and like spit and, on it and spit on it like and create Adam and Adam and then create Eve from like whatever it is yeah we're here now right and like right. this is where we are and yep. I th- I think that's you know that that's kind of going back to again there's so many through lines on this record this again this is things transitioning so perfectly from song to song so yeah. about bearing witness, like right. bearing witness to what is here and now and present. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, I just really, really appreciate that, that this is, that this is where his mind is uh, yeah. on this, on this record, even still with some of the songs that are a little bit biting. I still right. appreciate so many of his takeaways. Yeah, absolutely. It's very much a continuation of the themes of bearing witness. And I think, even if he is in that place of sort of hot anger about where he's coming from, I think it's mature to articulate what he found in his sort of searching, which is like, whatever is out there, we're here now. And what do we do with that? Like, I think that's that's a much more sort of meaningful conclusion to me than just like, oh fuck where i came from burn it all down which like there's a place for that um, right but to have the conclusion be like okay so what do we do then with each right. other um i think that is a, a theology if you can call it that a philosophy um that's very much in keeping with like how i it's it's the same question that i have even if i have a different belief system of like so what do we do with being here with each other um you know, this is the second of three songs that represents that references a captain, like a ship captain, and a, right? Sort of a doom ship, uh, 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 maybe a crew without a captain. Um, and I think he's he's talking about finding purpose. What you know, what does it mean for him and for others to find purpose without an idea of God? Right. <clears throat> and how sort of daunting that might initially feel. Um, yeah, that bridge is a ship without a captain, just as doomed as a ship without a crew. Because of all my friends who try to tell the truth, there are still a faithful few who insist they won't know what to do if no heavy breath blew up these lungs. Like he has some friends who insist that they wouldn't know how to live life without the idea of God. Right. Um, but that he concludes, well, we're still here. That's what the conclusion is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I find that really powerful. Maybe his friends who are like, well, without God, what's the point of life? Like, if they can't find um, a meaning in the conclusion of being like, but we're still here with each other and how do we live our lives? And that is sad. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like so. those people that are like, well, if there's no God, then, then what's your morale? Where's yeah. your morale? I'm just be able to murder just, everybody. Just go out, rape and murder. And I'm like, that's what you would do. Right. Yeah. That sucks. That, that's that. That's a bummer. You're yeah. a bad person. <laughs> right. Yeah. We can't, um, but we can't skip over verse two, bro. Okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> While kids and their friends make war by the fire, 
Your old men retire to drink and do drugs. <laughs> we long for the truth. We argue about it, but most of us doubt it can ever be found. Yeah. I mean, sounds like how I spend a lot of my nights. The kids are playing over there. I'm going to take some edibles and talk to my friends about what it all means, man. <laughs> Lay in your hammock. Yeah. Is it is yeah. it is it hammock weather yet for for you, you guys? You know, I there? have had I've had uh, one or two solid hammock nights so Hell far. Yeah. Hell Deeply yeah. enjoyed those. Um, but yeah, talking about most of us doubt it can ever be found. Like debating what it is we're what we're doing here, and is there absolute truth? And yeah, I don't know. It's a cool. It paints a cool scene. Yes, last song in yep. stitches. song so <laughs> much um the piano all of it is yeah is outstanding as we've said before there's david h bazan his father on piano which like just makes it i mean the the piano part is beautiful and the song is beautiful and the fact that he's playing the piano makes it even more powerful um and i'll just yeah get to this now that like the ending is just the piano part everything else drops out and it's powerful and it's such a haunting beautiful sad piano refrain um it is the way that the sort of melody goes of just the piano part at the end almost has this like like it goes up and it goes down it feels almost like questioning then ends in this sort of definitive minor chord and it's like it's so quiet you can hear his fingers leave the keys and his feet leave the pedals like it gives me a chill it's like a perfect album closer of a song and i don't know this is this is very i mean this is in my top five probably like it's it's one that like when i first heard it like i've always liked it but i think as it's sat with me over all these years the melody is always in my head and just the power of it is always i think it has brought up um my estimation of the song a lot we're like there's so many sort of bangers on this album that I wouldn't have necessarily put it up that high, but as I've yeah. thought about it over the years, it just, it means a lot to me. It's like, yeah, those really beautiful kind of delay guitar parts. 
and that kind of simple just like thwacking drum beat <laughs> like it all yeah. the pedal steel comes in then he goes up uh, an octave like vocally um ugh. about you <laughs> so good um and you know so lyrically i think it's like um you know an alcoholic perhaps it's a story perhaps it's literally dave um relapsing and trying to forget about right religious past understanding of god and where he was and you know the stitches being the remembrance of getting through that past and coming out the other side but i don't know all the lyrics throughout very moving we can read a couple maybe but the one that that really sort of hits me like we were talking about earlier was the crew have killed the captain but they still can hear his voice a shadow on the water a whisper in the wind on long walks with my daughter who is lately full of questions about you there's such poetry in those lines um yeah and as i said i can really resonate with like evaluating how to talk about ideas of god and life when your kids are like so curious about those things it, it sort of makes you have to sort of decide how you want to articulate those things to a little kid and that can be a sort of daunting prospect and causes you to think inward but the idea of like still hearing the voice of the captain seeing a shadow right. on the water hearing a whisper on the wind and those are the things that remind him of god like i just woof man it really it really is moving to me yeah um we gotta hit those final <laughs> yeah. final lines yeah when job asked you the question you responded who are you to challenge your creator well if that one part is true it makes you sound defensive like you had not thought it through enough to have an answer or you might have bit off more than you could chew another mic drop yeah moment again this is kind of going back it ends with this it starts off with genesis and uh -huh. sort of ends with this like going through all of this, these stories, all of the stuff that Dave is talking about and being like, perhaps this was more than you bargained for. Yeah. Bit off more than you can chew because this is just Dave's, this is just one person. <laughs> this is right. just one person's story and it's a lot, you know? And so yeah. um, if you're the creator of the, of the entire universe and you don't have an answer, for right. some of these questions for the people that you made right well, you know so I, I just i appreciate this this sort of totally snarkiness that he has um but yeah just another great album ender yes this is a this is the sort of this is like the platonic ideal of a bazan <laughs> album closer i think it's sad and it's powerful and it's a gut punch and yeah if oh, i love it so much see this is where it feels sort of like questioning to me still and then he sort of lands in the definitive no things are hard and minor key <laughs> um oh, it's so good man Ugh. It's like the creaking of like the bench yeah. and like mm -hmm. such a great sound hitting different pedals. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if that is how God sounds in the book of Job, who are you to challenge your creator is a shitty thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand, you know, that 
God appears in a lot of ways in the Bible and you can use right. the Bible for so many different kinds of arguments. There's right. no denying that that sucks. Um, yeah, it's not a good look. No. So I get it. I get yeah. ending this with being like, hey, you said this, God. Um, so um, that's Curse Your Branches. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, we're past three hours here, right? <laughs> this album is an all-timer. Absolutely. I'm so glad you have gotten to it and that <laughs> Me too. it meant a lot to you. I would really be bummed if this season you would have been like, yeah, it's good. And I'm just like, oh, come on. Like, I knew this would <laughs> resonate for you. So it really makes me happy. This has been like it's rewarding. Been. <laughs> this has been rewarding in a way that like is unique for us in the yes. four years so far. Um, yeah. This has been a very, this has been a different kind of yeah. uh section of the pod versus season three where i went through some stretches that were difficult mm-hmm. for me in different ways right this right. has been like an emotionally emotionally challenging stretch yeah. for a different reason because it is it's prompted me to think about things in a variety of ways that i haven't before and it is uh a very welcome it's this is a very welcome addition to my uh, musical um catalog and repertoire of of listening yeah that's awesome i'm so glad that bazan and pedro are in your life yes um i know people have strong feelings about this record please share them with us we have one more pedro episode coming up we'll rank things we'll talk to a special guest hopefully Patreon stuff up that, out there <laughs> yes we'll uh we got it we're gonna discuss headphones over on the patreon um that's the plan so we got some more coming up but after that maybe we should announce hmm. moving into those martin brothers Ooh, yeah we are so get out your star flyer get out your joy electric your bon voyage your get out your martin. mono synths we'll just mono synths yeah get out your drum machines it's gonna be fun um we're going to have some fun guests, so stay tuned for that. Um, but in the meantime, let us know what you think about this lengthy discussion at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. Give us those five stars if you haven't. Give us a rating in Apple Podcasts. We will read it on the pod. We could use a few more of those. Helps folks find us. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763. 8727-MAGPOD. You can support us at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod to get bonus episodes and other fun stuff. And you can pick up some new season four merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks to Small Step Records for sponsoring us. Check out smallstepperecords.com to find out more. And thanks to Shadow Producer Jason and Bruno at Unoriginal Vinyl for our artwork. Well, I think I hear the voice of the spirit begging us to shut the fuck up. We'll be back to try to make you go astray next week. Oh, yeah.
Got those boom crack booms. Mm, give me him, baby. Give me that fuzzy bass. Mm. Johnny Potts likes it fuzzy. Keep it fuzzy. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.